Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day. Welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. It is great to have you with us for the next four hours. Don't forget, T-Mac and Ajax decided to take some time off. Yeah, where'd they go? They went to Jamaica, Kerry. Oh, shoot. Good What's morning you, to you. Can we look at the weather? Yeah, I want to know what the weather is in you Jamaica. You don't. You don't. I, I do. Don't. I, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm I don't know if you've met me or not. I'm a little bit of a glutton for pain. I, I, a little punishment. We're, we're, we're in, uh, what's the temperature here? Here's my thing. Something, something, happen- degrees? Yeah. something happened to the wiring down there because they're not, they're not even doing a show this morning. Really? Really. I'm really confused. By well, that. you think maybe it was the wiring or maybe it was the last night. You think maybe it happened last night as opposed to this morning? Possibly. That might have been planned. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm assuming that the weather pretty much across Jamaica is going to be relatively the same. Uh, today, down in Kingston, Jamaica, a high of 88, a low of 73. It looks like sun is going to be shining through those partly uh, cloudy skies, and I guarantee you those guys are on the golf course. Can the, can the jet copter get to Jamaica? <laughs> We'd have to refuel. We would have to refuel I'm in just Miami. Wondering if, I, I'm just yeah. wondering what if it could make it all the way down there. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, we, we can get it down there. Matthew, if we can get the, the jet... Oh, okay, good. Wait, wait to get that jet copter started up as we look at West and Eastbound, Olive Boulevard in Creepcore, Missouri, right across the street from Plaza Jaguar and Plaza Land Rover. There is no traffic. Oh, there's a bus. There's a bus. Otherwise, no traffic. Crystal clear for you, and I'm assuming if everything else is like Olive and Creepcore, 44, 55, 270. 270 is incredible. North, south, east, west. All clear Randy, this morning. Do you see any palm trees uh, lining the highways? I do not. I, do, I see palm trees as I Google Kingston, Jamaica. I do not see palm trees in St. Louis, Missouri, where the traffic has picked up now on Olive. So be careful out there. Still cold. And uh, if you have the seat warmers, use them. The water, the water though, near St. Louis, it's also a clear, a clear, a clear blue that you can see. You can almost see the bottom, right? This is polar plunge weather as I look, as I traverse the area right over Creepcore Park there, Matthew. No, I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing any palm trees or sun or, or real water. I'm seeing ice. I'm Captain Randy Carricker, and that's uh, our Jet Copter 101 ESPN Jet Copter the captain does good he does good work captain does good work that's an outstanding job (laughs) (laughs) we gotta get him to jamaica before the we gotta fuel up get down there and see what the boys are doing what the fellas are down there doing all right carrie i got a thing for tv all right i'm gonna i'm gonna move into a tv management mode all right so 
I am showing a game on the flagship TV station of the St. Louis Billikens in St. Louis, Missouri. If I am picking up a feed from SNY in New York, as an example, if they're showing the Fordham game, and they have Fordham's home announcers on the game, which is fine, I'm going to put my guys in a studio here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have it be more of a St. Louis yeah. telecast. Yeah. I understand. I, I, hey, the, the broadcasters last night for Fordham on Bally Sports Midwest were great, but I don't want to hear them talking about how great no. Fordham is and what a spectacular upset. The number one seed is going down. I don't want to hear that <laughs> in St. Louis. You, you want to hear less excitement yeah. from your guys because your yeah. team lost. Yeah, and SLU blew a lead. They had the lead from basically the first minute of the game until there were five minutes left, and they just they lost it. Their game fell apart down the stretch, and Fordham knocks off St. Louis U 75-65. Fordham probably better than they've ever been since SLU has joined the A-10. And we've talked about it before, Kerry. Probably the hardest thing to do in team sports is to go on the road in college basketball and win a conference game. Yeah. And so the Billikens failed in that endeavor. And now they have VCU on Friday night at Chaffetz Arena. And we were talking yesterday that the the path to the tournament is going to be through the A-10 for the Billikens. Yeah. Right? They, they're going to have to win their tournament. They're going to have to win their conference. They, they, won't, they more than likely won't get an at-large bid. Um, and so... You were talking about the double buy yesterday. So winning the conference so that you know you're the number one seed and you know you're getting that double buy, it's extremely important. Um, they're going to have to make sure that they they take care, they finish games and not, you know, let your let your foot off the gas pedal or not allow teams back in, uh, no, whether on the, on the road or at home. And SLU is still tied for the top spot in the A-10. They play everybody that they need to play to win the conference championship. So... They have their destiny in their own hands. I guess if it's your destiny, it means somebody else is in control of it. But you know what I'm saying. They, well, they're, they're not, not their fate. Their situation is in their own hands. It was a bad, it was a bad game. It, it, it was they never seemed comfortable. Yuri never was able to get into the groove. And you can partially give some credit to I think you know obviously Fordham's defense for kind of keeping him him off a lot of the game. It's it's a bad bump in the road. But hey, four days later you had a chance to completely you know kind of wipe it out relative to the A10 conference rankings. Go out there and, and beat VCU, and you know it's still a bad loss, but it, it makes you think a little bit different. Everything here, like you said, this is all about the A10 tournament. So the questions about. You know, the large questions about how they're playing defensively and and if they're a good shooting team. Those are the big questions you just got to keep asking yourself through these games. And there's some new questions that pop up after that Fordman loss. At home versus Fordham. Fordham? Yeah. At home versus VCU. VCU is, is, did they take the top seed now because of, uh, because they are 8 and 2 in the conference. Right. And 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 SLU is 7 and 2. Right. So this is a, a, a win at home that they have to have. Because yeah. you get two games behind, with I think what is it, six games left. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be, you, you may be in in a little bit of trouble trying to uh, pull yourself back to the top. Yep. So, uh, so as we said, SLU still controls their own destiny. I was talking to a friend last night, by the way, about letting destiny take the wheel. Do you let a, a young woman that is putting herself through school on the east side, <laughs> doing ballet over there? Uh, do you want that person driving your Uber? Destiny. <laughs> do you want Do you want Destiny driving, taking, taking the wheel? Hey, I'd rather have Jesus take the wheel. But, I, <laughs> you know, I just, I, 
Depends on how, how mature Destiny is, I think. <laughs> she put herself through school. <laughs> she she may have a lot of skills. She has a great skill set. Look, there's no question about you have that, to trust Carrie. Destiny now. <laughs> Destiny. Illinois, a winner over Nebraska. Go Illini. Illini. I-L-L. I-N-I, right on the edge there, the top 25. They knock off, they knock off Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I, I, doesn't matter how good Nebraska ever is. I never think they're good in basketball. I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I don't ever, I never consider them, they just, they don't look, it doesn't look basketball-ish. No, it just no. looks, you know, you think of football when you think of Nebraska, and you yeah. think of defense. You don't think of, and maybe the option. Yeah, exactly. But right. you, don't, you don't think much more than that. It, basketball is not a thought process that I have when it comes to Nebraska. I don't know that I, what did, what, who, uh, I think there's a name. But I can't remember. I, I don't know who played at Nebraska. Oh, a little uh, point guard. guard, shooting guard with shooting a shooting guard. Yeah, with a uh, with a Polish name, I believe. I have uh, no clue. Uh, so, anyway, spe- speaking of names, I was going to bring this up because you and I, you you are in an era behind me. Do you remember? And can there ever have been a better named pair of running backs at different times for a school than Jarvis Redwine and I am Hip? Ah, those are very good names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are those are really good names. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name that I'm thinking of. The basketball player. Uh, let's see, but greatest Nebraska basketball players of all time. You got Tyron Lue, Eric. That's Piet- who I was thinking. Tyron oh, Lue, but Eric Piatowski. That's Eric the guy. Piatowski. Was, yeah, yeah. I thought Ty- I thought Tyron Lue may have gone there. Yeah. So Nebraska falls to the Fighting Illini last night, 72 to 56. All right. Here's something that we're starting today, kids. And uh, we we came up with this. This is going to be fun. It's it's a product of sadness, actually. (laughs) Kind of. It's actually a product of happiness and sadness. It's a product of Jason and Travis Kelsey, both making it to the Super Bowl, and a product of the passing of the legendary Bobby Hall, the Golden Jet, the father of the Golden Brett, St. Louis's own Brett Hall. And we started a discussion the other day, and you were great by sending in your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646, but we're going to come up with the greatest sports family of all time, brothers, sisters, mothers, sons, daughters, and we are starting a bracket today, a 32 family bracket, actually 33 family bracket, because today we're going to have a play-in game. And we're going to try to determine the greatest sports family of all time. And CD, mm-hmm. we have a great matchup today. We, we 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 had 33 great ones, and we had to have a play in. Yeah, we, we well we came up. I I the last one that we brought up was the Jones family, the Chandler and John Bones Jones and Arthur Jones, and I was like, well, those guys gotta be in at some point. But we already had our list, and so making a play-in yep. game. And Chandler Jones more than 100 sacks in the yeah. NFL in his career last 11 years, more than anybody. Yeah, right. And then yep. John Bones Jones, one of the greatest UFC guys ever. Indeed, right? indeed. And and you so you think about that, and you think about their family legacy, and they will be going up against St. Louis's own. Yeah, Michael and Leon Spinks, both the heavyweight champion of the world. Obviously, Leon was the light heavyweight champ forever. They both won gold medals at the 19. 19- 76 Olympics, and two of the preeminent athletes ever to come out of our town, and the, the brothers Spinks, Leon and Michael, taking on the Jones brothers. And Matthew, do you have our uh, poll up already? We're working on the poll. It's going up here at the end of the segment. Okay, at the end of the segment, you'll be able to vote on the Spinks brothers versus the Jones brothers. And by the way, we can't leave 
Arthur hanging out there either. Arthur or Corey. Yeah. Corey you got to put Corey on there. <laughs> oh, Corey, yeah, Corey Spinks won, yeah. won a championship as well. Um, if, if John Bones Jones was to fight one of those guys, what's the outcome? I mean, how, how much does John Bones Jones weigh? He's about we, two, 215, 220? Yeah. We're just going to box. We're not going to do any, anything okay, okay, extra. That's what, okay, that was going to be my question. <laughs> I think... You have a brawl on your hands yeah. if it's Leon yeah. and John Jones. Okay. And I think it's the guy who gets the hardest punching. I gotcha. really do. But with Michael, Michael was such a... It's called the sweet science. Mm-hmm. Michael made it the sweet gotcha. science. Gotcha. So I, I think Michael has a really good chance to defend him. Not against Mike Tyson, but against John Bones uh-huh. Jones. Nobody could defend against no, Mike Tyson no. in the 80s. So I, I think I would go with Michael against John Bones Jones. Okay. All right. All right. So we're off and running here on 101 ESPN, and we'll have that poll up. Matthew will put it on his Twitter page at, uh, is it Rocky ESPN? Uh, Rock, R-O-C-C. R-O-C-C ESPN. I'll retweet it, CD will retweet it, and we'll get the poll up and running for you here at 101 ESPN. It is hump day. It is Wednesday. And as we are off and running, we want you to get your text in to the 3 one to the uh, Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy Day. And guess what, kids? It is February 1st, and we are 13 days away from Valentine's Day. So, big life event. Hey, you got a buddy here. You got Uncle Randy to help you out with what's going on in your life next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Okay, we're going to do Ask Uncle Randy, but uh, we're going to uh, tell you right now that Tom Brady has announced that he is retiring. But we have other important things. Tom Brady's already retired. We've been I mean, there and done, done that, that, right? Yeah, he's done that before. So it's important to hear from you with the text line, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO! Because these are important times with uh, Valentine's on the horizon. and I've been around, you know! And so I want to make sure that you have some wisdom that I can impart to you as we traverse uh, these sometimes turbulent days like Valentine's Day and the time leading up to Valentine's Day. So with that being the case, Matthew Rocchio, take it away. Uncle Randy, me and my girlfriend are about to celebrate five years together in Nashville this weekend. Is there any spot that is a must-do or see? I would say just walking up and down Broadway. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been, or if you have been there, you can't go wrong walking up and down Broadway. Man, hotel rooms are expensive in Nashville these days. They are. <laughs> You know, Randy, Nashville has had a boom here in the mm-hmm. last, I guess, three to five years where things have kind of taken off. You know, the Predators have played well, and they've, they've had some success in sports. And, and things tend to go better when your sports team yeah. teams are playing well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've never been – I may have been to Nashville, but I've never – I haven't been in a long time. So yeah. I, I, I'm not too familiar with it, but enjoy yourself. You will have – 
a really fun weekend there. And it's all set up with all kinds of great music and great food and restaurants. And there's always something going on at Bridgestone Arena, whether it is a hockey game or a concert, something like that. So uh, that would be my advice. And uh, even Brooke Grimsley, our, our buddy who uh, is uh, a regular here on the opening drive, she hasn't been back in a long time because she moved to St. Louis, but she still says that the way to go is to go up and down Broadway. Yeah, I think that's the best way. Also, I, I, I just, just got to think, Randy, if he's celebrating five years together with his girlfriend, uh-huh. don't rock, don't don't do that. I just, don't I don't. Just, I just put pressure. I just, I'm, just, I'm not putting his pressure. His girlfriend might I'm be putting, listening. I'm not putting pressure. I'm just you, saying. You're, but you're, you're my guy. In, you're, are you thinking listen. outside the? Or are you thinking about a box? You think said outside the uh, box? Hey. Right. Yeah, he, Am I wrong? He has been for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting, I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just, but you're not trying to be, but, but you kind of are. That yeah, guy. I'm okay. not bad. Not bad. Fine. <laughs> that's, my, that's me. That's me. Uncle Randy, the restaurant my girlfriend really wants to go to is all booked up. How do I break to her that our reservation is for Thursday the 16th? We can celebrate this a couple days later, right? Okay, well, first. Don't say I didn't say I didn't <laughs> We'll start with that. And I've, I've got the answer for you, okay? Okay. So, depending on what the restaurant that you're going to is, on the 16th, whatever her favorite dinner is that isn't, like, if you're going to an Italian restaurant and her favorite meal is Italian, mm-hmm. don't make her Italian, but make her your own home-cooked meal. Romantic, mm-hmm. candlelight, uh, f- fun, get a, an exquisite dessert, and... Tell her, hey, I'm sorry. These things booked up a lot faster than I thought. We're only on February 1st. There is no disgrace in trying on January 31st to get a Valentine's night reservation on the 14th and have it be on the 16th. We're getting beaten to the punch by this conspiracy that is Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. I I, I said it, okay? We're getting beaten to the punch. But here's the thing. It can be a win-win for you because one thing is the ultimate goal on Valentine's Day, right? You can have two Valentine's Days. Oh, there you go. Make her happy. Make her happy. And I've always been one to believe that that home cooked meal that her this her favorite and don't let her do anything and, and you know what even here's another idea if you really want to make it special for her rent a tux print up a menu of her favorite things if she likes swordfish or or barramundi or tuna uh, so give her three protein choices her three favorite things give her three vegetable choices give her three starch choices give her three and have them all and that so, so that she can order everything uh. and then you serve her like she's in a fine dining establishment and, and wear the tux i like that idea. serve her and don't forget the flowers I like that idea. don't say i didn't say i didn't wonder <laughs> <laughs> hey, Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie, I'm taking with my son to the Blues-Blackhawks game in Chicago at the end of March. Is there a good place to stay at, and should I be fine walking around there? If you're downtown, you're fine. Yeah. Okay? If uh, You don't want to be walking around the United Center. <laughs> okay? First time I ever see it, it's on the same, same grounds. So I am 19 years old. Me and four college buddies take okay. my 1977 Cutlass up to what was then Chicago Stadium. And we all painted our hair blue. We okay. all had our blue sweaters on. I am 
so we parked on one side of the building. We're turning the corner on another side of the building to go in through the gates. I get out my wallet because my ticket is in my wallet. And a guy says, you can tell he's never been here before. (laughs) 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 So just uh, the, the South Side, it's... It's better, but uh, st- stay around downtown Michigan Avenue, the Loop. There's some uh, the the River North is fantastic, a great walking area, and yeah, just take your son to uh, some of those fun places, fun restaurants there. Be sure to get deep dish pizza, whether mm-hmm. it's Lou Malnati's or Giordano's. Uh, I've got another place, and I will give you that place. Let me see if I still have it. The, uh, so my buddy Chris Ronge, you used to sit in your mm-hmm. very chair, uh, is a, a former Chicagoan. Kind of surprised he's not a current Chicagoan, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but he's got a place, and if I can come up with the name, let's get a question, and I'll see if I can come up with the name. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, pr- pretty lady at the gym said she'd go to Adam Sandler with me. Mm-hmm. Doubtful she takes it as a date, but if but should I just make it the two of us or get others to go with us? You should make it the two of you. Yeah, I mean, she said she would go with you. Yeah. She didn't agree to go with you and a bunch of other people. She's thinking it's a date. There you go. Dear Uncle Randy, I'm in Austin, Texas, and I'm dealing with a major ice storm. Do you have any recommendations for me to pass the time and to stay safe? Okay. One of my recommendations, having dealt with an ice storm in Texas before, before a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. is you, being from St. Louis, know how to drive on the roads. They, eh, most of the people from Austin aren't from Austin, are they? But they probably don't know. There's a lot of people from California, for example, in Austin, Texas. They probably don't know how to drive, but don't think that ice is an issue. So they're probably (laughs) trying to go 45 miles an hour. So first recommendation is to stay in. Uh, Second recommendation, if you have Hulu, we're into the blues being off. So like I'm going to start binging. Uh, There's a cool show, eight shows called Fleischman is in Trouble with Jesse Eisenberg. And Claire Danes, if you have Hulu, watch. I, I would binge that. Otherwise, obviously, you're listening to us, so you don't have to completely focus on your job. It's never a bad thing in an ice storm like this to clean up your house. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Cleaning up, you know, getting some chores around yeah, the house yeah. done. Or just relaxing. Yeah, just chill. Just it, chill. Be in front of the TV. It's, it's, just I mean, let why? the cable wash over you. It, it, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to take a day or two or whatever you need. Yeah. You know, hit the reset button. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that. What, what we have they quit on us? That's what we got today for Ask Uncle Randy. We, we're getting a lot of text on on the, the breaking news. In fact, I, I've oh. pulled the the announcement off social media uh-huh. from uh, number 12. Okay. 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 Buccaneers. Do you want to hear that right now? Yeah, let's hear it. It's, it's Pequod's. P-E-Q-U-O-D-S. Oh, okay. Pequod's that Pizza. Sense. I've heard that before. All right. Here's Tom Brady on uh, social media just a, a few minutes ago. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point. Right away, I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. I think you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. All right, so TB12 officially announces his retirement. Carrie, your reaction first of all? 
That one sounded real. Mm-hmm. The I don't know. I didn't get that vibe from the last one. It was uh I don't even think he reported it first when it was done, when it was reported last Correct. time. I think someone else reported that he was retiring. <clears throat> and then he had to make a statement that, yeah, and then he, no, nah, I'm not. Um, that one sounded like a man that has had enough. Yeah, emotional. But emotionally, like just processing everything. Randy, when I retired, I told, I think I told you this. When I knew it was over for me, I was, I had just came from a workout in Tampa and I was at the, at the airport at a bar and I was like, wow. Yeah, this is it. It's done. I I, I didn't get wow. signed after that workout, and I had a burger, some fries, and a beer. And I just remember then, sitting there like, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's been a good run. Wow. And so I understand. I've also watched teammates retire in front of me, like the light goes out in front of me, and that to me sounded like a man that he loves the game. He understands what the game has done for him, but. You know, he's done. Okay. He, he's thanking everyone, but he's, yeah. he's done. And we're going to open this up, obviously, during the course of the show, uh, because I've, the, Tom Brady started against the St. Louis Rams mm-hmm. in Super Bowl 36. Only threw for 145 yards, but that's when the legend started. But you played against him multiple times. You were on offense. He was on offense, but you had to watch him from the sidelines. What, in your mind's eye, stands out in your competition against Brady-led teams? His, his, his competitiveness. His, his will to be great. Um, and knowing everything that was going on around him. I told you we were playing them the year that they went undefeated up until the Super Bowl, and our free safety said we were going to stop the streak. Um, Anthony Smith, Mm -hmm. former St. Louis Ram as well. And just the attention to detail and how he was attacking Anthony. And I mean attacking him with passes and then literally going to him and speaking to him words that I don't know what he was saying, but as he's running downfield right next to Anthony, letting him know, hey, you should probably watch your mouth when you're talking about us and what I'm able to do. And so it's just it was it was it was pretty amazing to watch that in real time. We lost that game. We, we, we <laughs> didn't have a chance. We didn't have a chance. No. But it was it was just to see that and to see him going at at a guy. I was like, whoa! He he really took it to heart that 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 we felt that we could beat them in that game. Tom Brady retiring at the age of 45 this morning. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, the PGA Golf Show was last week in Orlando, and Callaway has. Uh, announced some new revelations. Man, their R&D, their research and development is unbelievable. And we're going to talk to uh, their St. Louis rep about what we can expect from them in the golf industry in 2023. Next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Kerry got more into golf in 2022, headed towards a lot of golf in 2023. I am a, uh, a veteran that's just not very good, but I do know that better equipment can make me better. And last week at the PGA Golf Show in Orlando, Callaway introduced some of the new equipment that they're going to have available for the 2023 golf season. And joining us right now is David Kohlberg from Callaway. He is a friend of the show, friend in life. David, great to have you with us. How are you doing? Great, Randy. How are you? Everything's great. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. And we've seen the guys on tour already wearing the Paradigm, P-A-R-A-D-Y-M caps. And we've seen some of the some of the drivers. Tell us about the new Paradigm line that Callaway is introducing? Yeah, it's um, so every year, uh, it seems daunting sometimes, but every year we introduce a new wood line for sure. And uh, this year's line is called Paradigm. And, you know, it's funny, even John Rahm spoke uh, after his win that he really wasn't expecting, you know, it's hard to make new product every year that's, you know, noticeably for those, I mean, they're the best players in the world, the top, you know, 100 players in the world, but he was actually even in, in awe of the fact that he didn't know how or why, but it just, you know, felt so darn good. And so the paradigm driver is, is for us, it's um, our and D department. It's kind of the core of what Callaway golf is. It's what Mr. Callaway believed in that, you know, if you make the best product or you make, um, you know, you, you do your darndest to make the best product you can, the product, that product will usually win over. And so, um, the paradigm is all about, we talked about before, I think last year, Andy, you know, it's weight distribution. The, the golf club is pretty static in how much it weighs. And so the grip weighs 40 and the shaft weighs 60. And so you've only got a certain amount of weight to deal with in the head. And it's awesome. We, you know, now that we have, you know, AI computers helping our R and D department make a product, I say it conservatively, but I, I just don't think we'll ever make a bad one. Uh, the product every year will always be, a little bit or a lot of it better. And in this case, you know, right out of the gate in the first two, three weeks, even the guys on tour are noticing that it's, it's, it's considerably better than even our rogue driver of 2022. Hey, David, how does Callaway uh, continue to achieve that improvement each year? What separates you all from, from all the others? Well, you know, the other companies, the other vendors in golf are tremendous too. Um, I just think at our core, you know, we've got 40 PhD folks in our R&D department and then in 2017 we when Epic first came out um, and jailbreak technology first came out that was the first time that the golf industry really and us that's where we kind of separate ourselves and that we invested in in really computer-aided design AI which is way above my pay grade mentally (laughs) but um, you know we can test so much faster 
than we did before where we were doing player testing to see if the ideas that we were using was, were going to work. Now we can test ball speed, spin rates, the sound of the driver before it's ever even made versus using this computer-aided AI design features. So, you know, our worst product is going to be, you know, the last, uh, you know, the, we're going to use the last, the Rogue is our starting point for, for this year's driver. And so the computer starts to, and in this case, this year, the head only weighs 208 grams. And this new driver has given, the new R&D idea has given so much of that weight back to the computer and said, find out where we can make the driver better. And so it can, you know, it can test like 18,000 shots in a four-hour period. We could just never do that before. And David, so, I, I know that when uh, when somebody gets, we get the question a lot. We, we have Jay Delsing on every Friday morning, and people ask us how important it is to have your clubs fitted. And I know that, like our, our friends over at Golf Discount, they've been a Callaway Top 100 club fitter f- for three years in a row, and both Carrie and I have had our clubs fitted over there. Uh, how important, from your perspective and from Callaway's perspective, is it to get new clubs fitted? Yeah, I mean, it's 100%. I mean, they do, they do a great job. Probably they're our longest-standing St. Louis account, probably, since the 90s and when John Passman was the sales rep here. Um, the, the driver John Moran using is probably, Randy, not the one you probably should be using, I would think. So, probably. You know, in Paradigm's <laughs> case, we have three different drivers. Um, the key in fitting is, I mean, you know, you absolutely, for sure, if you're going to, if you're involved as a golfer and this is something that you do, all the time as one of your things that you do outside of your workplace, you for sure, if you're going to spend the money, you want to get fit at least the first or second time, because most of us don't grow vertically after 22. We may grow horizontally a little bit, but we don't grow vertically. And, and a lot of us don't practice. So we, we want to make sure that the, and I say to this all the time when I'm fitting people out on the golf course, we're not so much fitting you into the exact, there's not one exact golf club necessarily, but what we don't want to fit you into is the 80% that would be very wrong for you. And so, you know, we want to make sure the length is correct. Length is to me is probably the most important things, especially for irons. And then, you know, our fitters at golf discount or all of our fitting cart guys, they're, they're going to make sure that the swing speed matches the shaft flex and the length and the lie. So that it gives you in a very difficult sport to play, especially if you're picking it up as a hobby, the best chance to have fun at it. And so, you know, whether you need to get fit every single time you buy something or make sure that that first or second fitting is absolutely going to give you the best chance to succeed. Then after that, you're probably going to buy something very, very similar to that fitting, you know, until you swing speed slows down or et cetera. So Dave, yeah, fitting is, it would be silly to spend $1,500 on a set of irons or five or $600 on a driver and not have somebody pay attention to you a little bit. Yeah. Uh- John Rahm is 6'2". I'm 6'2". I I can't imagine why you wouldn't think that he and I would use the same driver. (laughs) Well, have you you seen in your pro-ams you've played right there? There's a wide demographic on that golf course. Hey, David, I was watching Torrey Pines this past week, and I saw some black and white putters. Uh, Are those new from Odyssey? Well, they're a a second generation. So in in 2013, 14, 15, Odyssey for the first time was the number one putter on the PGA Tour. And we've held that since then. And it really started with the VersaLine. And while most putters, including probably the putters you guys got, there's probably a line or some alignment aid on the front of the putter that's directing yourself towards the hole. The VersaLine was a perpendicular alignment aid, black, white, black, 
thick lines that really helped the consumer and even the tour. The tour is actually the ones that asked us predominantly to bring it back because most people have their own unique way of standing and aligning at the putting stroke. And so this Versa line really does help you from the standpoint of, am I lined up correctly at address? And so the tour has been a huge influence on bringing that Versa line idea back. And so, yes, our, our main, our main new line of putters this year will be the, will be the Odyssey Versus. They'll come in six models, depending on the size and the shape that you like, but it will truly help you at address with your alignment. And finally, Dave Colbert, Dave from Callaway, a lot of new equipment coming out, find it at a golf store near you. But we mentioned getting cl- fitted for clubs. It's just as important to be fitted for golf balls. And I've become a Callaway Chrome soft guy, but tell us about any new golf balls that are coming out and the new technology of balls. Yeah, so uh, Chrome Soft is obviously our flagship. You see it on TV a lot. There's three versions. You'll you'll see that theme a lot in our product line of having offerings of three because there's just three different levels of play out there. And so Chrome Soft offers three varieties. I would say the, the the guy who wants to play a tour-like golf ball, but that isn't a tour player, that's your red Chrome Soft golf ball. Your X, Chrome Soft X, is your truly good best player, single-digit um, and then there's the Chrome Soft XLS, which is your lower spin ball, probably for somebody who hits it pretty hard, but may have a little bit of a spray or a little bit of a, you know, a variance out there on the driver and wants to, wants to lower that spin because spin in theory is, can be good, but it also can cause curvature. So the LS ball is really for someone like me predominantly who hits it pretty hard, but doesn't necessarily always find it. Um, and then I would say the new, the, the new golf ball that's out this year for us is and this was something for Valentine's Day, speaking of that, the last session. We, we at, at Callaway have developed a, an ERC Reva ball, which is predominantly, I would say, there's not a whole lot of golf balls that are geared specifically for women out there. And so this is a golf ball that we absolutely said for the competitive lady, the one that plays in a nine-hole or an 18-hole league at, at her country club, or likes, and definitely is a female that keeps score and wants to, keep, to get better there's not really a ball out there that is designed for them. So this ERC Reva is a ball that's designed for that kind of club head speed um, that gives it a little bit more distance, a little bit more spin than the average, I would say, lower end golf ball that, you know, sometimes ladies are pushed into. This is actually a ladies golf ball that's designed for that competitive lady. Um, And so that's new from us. And they come in pink. Uh, Dave Kohlberg, it's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much. And uh, I'm so impressed. As you know, I purchased my Callaway irons a few years ago, and I love them. And uh, I'm I'm a Callaway guy. So uh, we appreciate you having on the show and educating us about the new things that are happening. And congratulations on the success of Callaway last week at the PGA Show. Appreciate it very much, Randy. Thanks. See you, Dave. Take care. Dave Kohlberg from Callaway on 101 ESPN. And it is amazing because you, you and I were... We, we play, but we're not great. Right. But you hit the Callaway Chrome Soft, and we both use it. It just feels different than most golf balls. Well, Randy, I, I am, you know, I, I want to make sure that I can find my ball. Yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my goal going into the, yep. into the, into the you know, every time I go out to play golf is just make sure I can find it. And, and as you said, when you're hitting those, you do feel them. It does feel a little bit different. Um, I'm not good enough to know which ones, but I, I trust the the experts and the pros to tell me these are the ones that are going to allow my game to be better. You've asked me about my colorblindness. Mm-hmm. If I play a red ball, I can hit it in the middle of the fairway and not find it. Really? The red-green, 
Really? Yeah, that, that's the wow. way I see it. And it's like sticking out like a beacon for everybody else, <laughs> but I can't find it. Carrie, Randy, Matthew, take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. We have the text line open. It is 314-399-9646, 314-399-9646. Just save that in your phone. Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. And it's great to have you with us for Take It or Leave It. And let's get things started this way, CD. Take it or leave it, Tom and Giselle reunite now that he is officially retired. Oh, uh, I'm going to leave that. Okay. I think... Well, I mean, that horse is when, out of the barn. Well, yeah, when you when you break up and then you see pictures of your ex spouse or your spouse still not mm-hmm. with her um, personal trainer, personal trainer. Yeah, that you were Run, think, just running, for. trying to stay in shape. Yeah, no, I know, I know, no, okay. no, I'm okay. I don't, I don't think you're leaving it. Yeah, I leave that. I I'm gonna leave it too. Randy, take it or leave it. He actually does come back. Ooh, I'm gonna leave it. I th- I'm with you. This sounded too genuine for it him did. to come back. It really did. But, I mean, there's also, a chance. I think we, we should, should probably, if you look at the video, last year that video would have been him, Giselle, his kids, yeah. like on their back porch. He's just on the beach. By himself. Just like mm-hmm. sitting down on the beach that's by a, himself. That's a man that, that is. That, is a, that man is divorced. He is, yeah. he is defeated. That is a hard well. divorced man right there. I, I got another one. So, LeBron... Is I think top five in assists will soon be number one triple double last point night scored. Uh, take it or leave it. One of the main reasons that people don't consider him the goat is because of what he did over the weekend. It is Wednesday because of a history it is. of it is this. Wednesday. It is. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm gonna bring it back up. Every it is Wednesday, Gary yeah. Rock. If you watched that, I which did. I know you did. It, it, it was it was too much again, and that's one of the re- like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant got his nose broken in All Star Game and looked at Dwayne Wade and said, "Okay." Like he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't, he didn't. What are you doing? It's just an All Star. Mm-hmm. No, and 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 Dwayne said, and I knew we had to play him in a couple of weeks. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> Somebody, by the way, texted in yesterday that we would have to put the Jordans on our family bracket, which, by the way, you can see right now on the Twitter machine. You just hit, because Michael and Marcus. Just, I mean, yeah, we got. Was Marcus we, the one that played for the Atlanta? They both did, right? Marcus, Marcus went to Illinois. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I can't remember the other one's name. The older Is it one. Jeffrey? The gap might be the gap between. Jordan as the GOAT and Gretzky as the GOAT in their respective sports. And the gap between Marcus's sons playing in college and Gretzky's brother making it to the NHL, that's that's the big difference. It's a big difference. I mean... It's a bigger... You have to acknowledge it's a bigger I, I, I gap agree. in the GOAT d- d- debate no question. in, bas- in, ba- in uh, hockey than there is in basketball. There just is. A bigger gap in what people acknowledge oh, as number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree No debate. That. Yeah. People want to throw out the Mario Lemieux debate... In hockey, but no one actually. People just do it for fun. Yeah. 
Come on now. All right. Well, the text line is open 314-399-9646. Matthew, what do we got? Take it or leave it. The fact that Mike Schiltz still doesn't have a managerial job shows us that the Cardinals made the right call. I'll leave that. I'm going to leave it too, although I don't think the the Cardinals did him any favors by somebody in their organization leaking that there was a toxic environment in the clubhouse. And the players, by the way, never said that. I don't think even privately the players said that there was a toxic environment. But that was the label that was attached to Mike Schilt. And I would have to believe that with the respect that teams around baseball have for the Cardinals, they probably believe it. Take it or leave it. If Jordan Walker's career mimicked Eric Davis's, you would be happy. Eric Davis was one of my favorite players, obviously. With the and a really good I'm the reason I wore I'm okay with admitting that Eric Davis is a guy who I've completely like missed. I have a bl- complete blind spot about this. About it. I, I, yeah, he was a and he had he had a couple hundred RBI seasons, but I I never I I would could have named a hundred baseball players I wouldn't named Eric Davis. I would say I'm gonna leave that because I think Jordan Walker is supposed to be better than Eric Davis, and I think Eric Davis was really good. Eric Davis was decimated by injuries. Did he? Uh, how many he was games? a two time All Star. He won a home run derby. He won the ninety World Series. Yeah. Three time Gold Glover. Two time Silver <laughs> Slugger. I mean, until he got. I mean, his first like seven. He, I mean, he had a run. He had a run there from '86 to '90, where he was bad. I mean, that's this is a five-year run where he had an OPS plus of 149, a 900 OPS. He averaged 37 home runs and 112 RBI across 162 games per per across a five-year Eric, run. I mean, Eric, that's a that is Eric a Davis killer was, run in the late was '80s. One of my favorite players, Randy. When I was a kid, I used to hate my name, Carrie. I thought it was a girl's <laughs> name. And when I met oh, people, yeah. I remember I was at an event with my mom, and I was meeting oh, people, and I was saying, God. they say, "Hey, what's your name, Eric?" Eric Davis. That's wild. <laughs> and they thought my name was Eric until my mom's so his name ain't no dang on Eric. His name is Kerry. <laughs> I, I can see why the I can see why the Cardinals sign him because I mean by the way, yeah. A couple of good years with uh with Baltimore and Cincinnati after his injury. And Matthew, you, you neglected to mention one statistic, the twenty eight homers, ninety three RBIs, thirty five steals in his hundred and sixty two game. That's oh, for his yeah. career. Twenty eight homers, ninety three RBIs, thirty five steals and an eight forty one OPS. Plus he didn't play in 1995 because he was injured and then came back to Cincinnati and uh, then went to Baltimore and the Cardinals and finished up uh, with San Francisco. But he had a couple of really good years for the Cardinals. And he and Sean Dunstan were in the same clubhouse together. You talk about two guys that had the ability to hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. They did. They were just really good, classic men that played baseball. He can't he comes back from injury at 34 and puts up 26 home runs, 83 RBI and 23 stolen bases yep. at 34. God, man, that is, I had not ever given Eric Davis enough enough consideration. He's a good man. player. Wow. Very good. Take it or leave it. The Blues refuse to move on from Vladdy, Ryan O'Reilly or Barbie and are struggling even worse next year when all three leave in free agency with zero assets acquired. Leave it. There's okay. no one way of, Armstrong would blow it that bad. One of them going to be one or two. One or two. Or maybe if you can do it three, but at least two, I would think. Barbashev is going to go somewhere. Barbashev is a valuable guy to have on a winning team. And Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, we, we've talked about it. If, if you're a team in the West that thinks you're good enough to win a cup and you're not Edmonton or Colorado and you need somebody to shut down McDavid mm-hmm. or McKinnon, Ryan O'Reilly is your guy. Because even with his lack of foot speed now, he still has that ability because he knows angles, he's instinctive, he's got a great stick. He can play defense better than pretty much any center in the league. 
So you think all three of them? I think the chance... Well, you don't think Tarasenko is going I, because of the no-trade clause. Right. Unless it's something unusual. And okay. As a Blues fan and a Vladdy fan, I would really like it if he would get together with Artemi Panarin. They trained together during mm-hmm. the offseason down in Florida. They're going to be in Florida together for the All-Star game. Panarin says, hey, you know, we want you in New York. And the Rangers would give something of value up for Vladdy. And I think that would probably inspire Vladdy. And I would not be surprised if he would go to New York, if he would light it up down the stretch. Take it or leave it. Tommy Edmond gets top five MVP votes this year. Every rule change this year benefits his style of play. So are we talking on the Cardinals or overall? Because you've got Arenado, Goldie, O'Neal, Jordan Walker, and Contreras. So is he top five MVP in the Cardinals? I think that person (laughs) meant top five in the league. Oh, then I'll leave it, Kerry. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna take the Tommy Edmond no. as a top five MVP candidate. And I love the thought process. Every rules change does benefit him because of his range defensively, because of his speed in regards to stealing bases, because he's a thoughtful Stanford guy, and the, the faster game will translate to what he does. But I'm still going to leave it. How many stolen bases for him this year? He'll have thirty. What do you think the lead league leader will have? I wouldn't be surprised if we got back to a league leader having 60 to 70. Really? Wow. Yeah. Really? Well, just in the last few years, we've had that, right? Uh, let's see. MLB. Yeah, I guess Roger Davis had a couple 51s. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, there's a, I, I would kind of be surprised if we didn't have that. 40s. Let's see. Uh, stolen bases last year. Yeah, it was 41 for John Birdie of Miami. And then if we go back to uh, like the 2019 regular season, uh, 46 for Malik Smith. We've we've had it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we would get to that point now. 47 a couple of years ago for Starling Marte. So, yeah, just add mm-hmm. you know, 15 stolen bases to the, to the lead. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that many. One more? Uh, take it or leave it. Brady retired because San Francisco told him no. I'm going to leave it. I'll leave that. He's not a free agent yet. And San Francisco wouldn't tell them no. That's true. In, oh. the, in the situation that they're in right now. They are in need of a quarterback. They, they are going to have to – you got two guys coming off of injury, one off of a, a, a torn torn up elbow, another one off of a torn up – what is it, ankle? What was it, a knee or his ankle? Ankle. Ankle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he You got guys that are on the mend in San Francisco – Jimmy G will not resign there, I'm sure. I think he's going to be out of there. So here are the other guys that are going to be out there for the Niners. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Daniel Jones, probably not. Uh, Mason Rudolph. Man. Jacoby Brissett. Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Mike White. There's no doubt that Brady would have been the best. Yeah. No doubt. I don't I, know what they I like do. the name you brought up earlier, though. Derek Carr. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, I think it would be. I think you'd be a good fit there. And hey, both teams, it could be a marriage of convenience for there you. Kerry, you uh, yes, I, sir. I, one more quick one because I love this. I just like this one. It's a short, short one. Take it or leave it. A player needs a championship to be considered an all-time great. Leave it. I leave think Tom. It. Uh, I, I think Dan Marino is an all-time. Is great. an all-time great. Charles I think Barkley Charles is an all-time great. All-time great. Is an all-time. Is Patrick great. Ewan an all-time great? Rock. No. Oh my God. What's all-time great? Top twenty-five. Top fifty. Top seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Oh, ever, well, okay. Ever fine, play the yeah. game? Fine. He's an all-time Maybe. great. Yeah. He's was Larry Fitzgerald an all-time great? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hall of Famer. What about what about Calvin Johnson? All-time great. Barry Sanders. All-time great. Yeah. I don't. And 
when we go to baseball or any banks, was an all-time great. Barry Bonds was yep. an all-time great, right? So Maybe no, the greatest. Yeah. I had another little quick hot take. Was Barry Sanders more talented than Walter Payton? No. Oh, okay. Barry Sanders was more electrifying. Gary's thinking about oh. it. Gary's thinking about that, it. That gave me something. Gary's thinking about it. That yeah. felt really dirty. It, it only <laughs> felt dirty because you answered too fast. Here's oh. the thing. He, he, he was the most le- electrifying runner yes. of all time. Walter Payton might have been the best. No. Walter Payton was the best blocking back of all time. He, he, Walter Payton did everything. Walter Payton Block, could catch, catch like run. Marshall Falk. He could even throw. Yep. Uh, he, he was Walter Payton... I was one of the people that I put up on my wall in my dorm room when I got to college. He, his picture, I found an old picture of him and put it up on the wall. He was one of those guys that, but I, I you can't compare Barry and him. No. Or you can't, you really can't compare Barry to anyone. Barry is his own he, entity. No doubt. <laughs> All due respect Sorry. to Tom Brady, who's retiring today, announced it. We're going to talk about it in a moment. The two best players three best players in the history of the National Football League tied for first are Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor, and Walter Payton. I like that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I am I'm not, fine with that. Can I can I can I throw one more in there because he he, he cha- all three of those guys changed the game and changed their position. Mm-hmm. Can I add Deion Sanders in there as well? You have to add Deion Sanders like in there because he changed, changed the, game. the game. Yeah, and owned the field. Yeah. When Deion Sanders, after he left Atlanta, when he went somewhere, they won. Every time. He was, he was a special talent. Yep. Kerry, Randy, that is Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN coming up. Tom Brady, apparently official. The Bulletin, apparently official. Tom Brady has announced his retirement. We'll touch on his legacy. Now you can talk about legacy with Tom Brady. You didn't need to after he lost the Super Bowl to the Giants. Now you can talk about Tom Brady's legacy, and we will on 101 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. I hate to say what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, that Tom Brady and his calmness reminds me of Joe Montana. I'm not saying Tom Brady is Joe Montana, but I'm saying the way he gets back there and makes everything look so effortlessly and easy, he reminds me of Joe Montana. Second down and 14 from the 28-yard line with his poise. 
A remarkable career ends today as Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers announces his retirement. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and it's 8.08. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And, Carrie, after people like Montana, and while Tom Brady was battling Peyton Manning for supremacy, uh, we were saying that we would never see what they were doing again. We'd never see what Brett Favre would do again. We'd never see what Aaron Rodgers would do again as his career started in 2005. We'd never see what Bradshaw did again. I will say this definitively. We'll never see what Tom Brady did again. I don't think so. I mean, the closest you would have would be Patrick Mahomes. He's going to his, is this his fourth Super Bowl, third Super Bowl? Third Super Bowl Third Super in Bowl four years. In four years. And so you have a chance to, I mean, he's going to five AFC championship games. He has the chance in, in his six-year career. That's pretty much how you have to go about your business. That, but even that, it's hard to win six championships with one franchise and then get another one with mm-hmm. another franchise. You probably are correct, Randy. You will more than likely never see this again. And 23 years. Th- that That's a long time to play football. Up to the age of 45, um, we were thinking he would play till he was 50. Mm-hmm. And, and genuinely felt like it was a possibility. Um, but just to watch him have the career that he had, you know, I know a lot of St. Louis's don't agree with how they won their first one. That's because they cheated. Yeah, they did. Uh, but, you know, to sustain that, that success over the number of years that he has, it's absolutely, you know, remarkable for him to finish his career and and have the legacy mm-hmm. set that he has set for him. And there were so many different Tom Brady's. There was a kid that threw for 145 yards in the Super Bowl win where they cheated to beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. There was the one that carried that club that threw those rainbow bombs to Randy Moss when Moss caught the 23 touchdown passes and he threw... How many? Well, let's check because I've got it right up in front of me. 2007, he threw uh, 50 touchdown passes, 23 of those to Randy Moss. This is the guy that, for all due respect, regardless of how much you want to give him, I don't give him much, all due respect to Bill Belichick, he made Bill Belichick. Yeah. And he he is, and we heard John Madden say, I hate to say this, about Brady when he compared him to Montana. I hate to say it too. I hate to say that he's better than Manning. I hate to say that he's better than Joe Montana. I hate to say that he's better than Terry Bradshaw. But he was. He was. And it, it, it's, I mean, you have to, you, better than Tom, better than, be, better than Joe Montana. Yes. Yeah, he was. Because of the level of sustained success, Montana 1979 to 1990, half of the career of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Better than, and, and I, that's with San Francisco, by the way. Right, right, right. Better than Peyton Manning. Because I think I think Peyton is the greatest quarterback to play the game. Here's the thing. I think it's so different 
because Manning ran the show. Yeah. Right? And Brady wasn't allowed to run the show. Manning was able to go collect his own talent. Brady had to throw to David Patton. And he, he turned Troy Brown, Troy Brown into a really, really nice player. What was Danny Amendola before he got him? Who were Wes Welker? Who was Julian right. Edelman? I think Brady did a better job of elevating the talent around him. I mean, Manning had Harrison. He had... Uh, yeah, they drafted and, those and guys, though. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they did a good job of, of right. going and getting those and, guys. And he made them great, and yeah. they, they were great. I just think the talent level around Peyton, and hey, the, it... It might be six and one half dozen to the other. Mm-hmm. I just think the pe- talent level around Peyton was a little bit better than the Patriots edition yeah. of Tom Brady. Now, he gets to the talent at the age of 43 right. at Tampa, and look what he does with that. I mean, two years, this is right. a guy that two years ago had 43 touchdown passes, led the league yeah. the year before this this past season. And this season, he wasn't he didn't play poorly he still had pretty good numbers, and 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 a third in the league in passing. Yards yeah, he he still had a very good season. Uh, I, I think it's just it's surprising to see him walking away, mm-hmm. but you can after hearing him speak, you can understand that you know the run has come to an end, and and enough is enough, and he's going to enjoy retirement. And I, hey, we are an ESPN affiliate. We aren't employed by ESPN. Our radio station is an ESPN affiliate, and I hate that the mothership. Every day, and that's their thing. It's like they're limited. Well, how will this loss affect Joe Burrow's legacy? Right. Okay, the guy's 25 years old. Now the career is complete, and we can say that Tom Brady is, in terms of legacy, he is among the GOATs. Yeah. The greatest of all time. He is among the goats and there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and that's in all sports. We're yeah, not, right. we're past just the football aspect of it. We're talking, you know, Jordan goat. We're talking Gretzky goat. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking the greatest of all time in all sports, all categories. Um, he, he will go down as that because of the number of championships that he's won. Nobody has won seven. And he's got more championship than, than most franchises, than all franchises. And so, you know, he's done a, a spectacular job uh, just finishing out his career, playing his career, winning championships, finding ways to be successful over and over and over again and leaving on his own accord as opposed to being forced out. I want to add one more thing, and we're going to get to John Denton of Cardinals.com. But, Kerry, you talked about how when you walked into the Steelers locker room, here's this array of veterans. I mean, you were walking into a galaxy of stars, but every came, everybody came up and introduced themselves to you. Yep. Chris Long will tell the story about how the first time he walked into the Patriots locker room, here's Tom Brady, and he's already won, I think, four or five. And the first person to come up and shake Chris Long's hand, hey, Tom Brady, nice to meet you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know you're Tom Brady. <laughs> that's so, leadership. Yeah. That that's those are winning franchises and winning or- organizations. Yeah, we'll have to get Chris that. we'll try to get Chris Long on the show uh, tomorrow and see if we can get him to talk about Tom Brady. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, the Cardinals are getting ready for spring training. And we're going to talk to John Denton of Cardinals.com about what they are looking at as they head to spring training next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Our 
Our friend John Denton covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. Cardinals getting ready to start spring training in a couple of weeks with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line because John Denton is standing by. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Randy. How are you guys? Everything's outstanding, and uh, we're excited about spring training. I want to start with this, though, because you boiled down the Cardinals having five of the top 100 prospects in baseball. And to boil it down further, John, when we look at the Cardinals versus other successful franchises, having five in the top 100, to me, is a big deal. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely a big deal. I mean, look at look at college football. I mean, four years ago... The number one recruiting class in the country was the Georgia Bulldogs. So it's no coincidence that they're now winning the national championship. You know, it's the same in baseball. Uh, uh, you know, the teams are the best prospects are the ones who can may swing trades at the deadline. They're the ones who are going to call up, you know, uh, stud players. Uh, you know, I, I fully anticipate. I think Jordan Walker has everything at his doorstep to win this job. And, you know, the Cardinals are going to give him – he may he may get 100 at-bats in spring training. He's going to play every day. Uh, there, there's nothing missing in this kid's game. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy who can make the jump from, from double-A to major leagues because he's just that talented. And, you know, I think the Cardinals are one of five teams to have at least five players in the top 100. So, you know, over the next couple of years, you're going to see the Mason wins and the – Gordon Graceffo's and you know those guys are going to are going to be on this major league roster. So it's you know it's it's a big deal to have five five players in that top 100. Hey John, is there a chance that speaking of Jordan Walker that he does break out of spring training and and starts the season on the roster? Yeah, I think you know I I think he's going to get every opportunity. You know, Ali Marmol is a guy who is all about competition. He loves competition. Like he you know he said he said uh, back during winter warmup. I hope that Jordan Walker is waking up every day saying, I'm going to take somebody's job. And he hopes that Lars Newtbar, Tyler O'Neill, and Dylan Carlson are saying every day, nobody's taking my job. <laughs> uh, but I think he's going to get that opportunity. I mean, this is a kid who his nickname in, in high school was the resume. He had a 3.98 GPA. He had an offer to Duke to go to college. Uh, he's 6'5". He's up to 250. He hits for average. He hits for power. There, there's nothing this kid doesn't do. He's, you know, his intelligence is off the off the charts. His dad went to MIT. His mother went to Harvard, and then she got her master's at Wash U in St. Louis. So you know, he comes from good people. He's very intelligent. He has the maturity of a 35 year old, even though he's 20. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's there for this kid. You know, if he goes out and hits well and, and can play right field. I think there's almost a maybe 35, 40% chance he could be the starting right fielder on opening day. John Denton of MLB.com covers the Cardinals with us on 101 ESPN. By the way, John, if you would have added up my GPA for my uh, junior and senior <laughs> years in high school, you, I would have gotten to 3.982. I just needed to do it twice. Uh, That's right. Do you think Graceffo has a chance to pitch in St. Louis this year? Yeah, you know, Randy, the the one thing this this team is really missing in the starting rotation and in the bullpen, you know, other than Ryan Helsley and maybe Jack Flaherty, they're missing swing and miss. Uh, you know, Graceffio is a guy who can step it up. You know, he he can bring it up there, 97, 98 miles an hour. He can he can kind of do what uh, you know what Zach uh, what, what Zach did last year, where he, where he raised his raised his miles per hour. He's a guy who's going to come right at you. Uh, he can start. He can come out of the bullpen. Uh, he he can do a lot of things, but most of all, it's swing and miss. That's what this team really needs. Uh, the uh, his his final outing at Springfield earlier this year, he threw he took a perfect game into the seventh inning. He has that kind of like no hitter 
perfect game stuff, uh, you know, every time he goes to the mound because he can really ramp up those those miles per hour. Hey, John, we were talking about Tommy Edmond earlier, and with the rules changes, it seems to be, you know, really fitting for him. He's going to be able to show his athleticism in the field. He's going to be able to possibly steal more bases. What's the ceiling for him this season? Yeah, I think Tommy Edmond, you know, I already thought he was probably third on the list of most important Cardinals. Uh, you know, it, it may go even higher because, like you said, I mean, Tommy, think about the last time you've seen Tommy Edmond get thrown out. Like, he, he doesn't make dumb plays. He doesn't make errors in the field. He's going to play gold glove. I really thought he got really overlooked at, at gold glove this past season because, you know, he split time at, at second and, and, it, and it's short. Uh, but, but I think he's going to win a gold glove at short. Uh, he's going to, you know, he stole almost 30 bases last year, I think it was. Uh, he'll probably bump that up to 45 this year. Um, he, he is, without a doubt, one of the most valuable Cardinals on, the, on that roster because he does so many things right. He's a great guy. His intelligence is off the charts. Uh, I really think the Cardinals should look hard at trying to sign him long term. You know, they they came to an arbitration agreement uh, with him to you know to to put off arbitration. But I really think he's one of those guys that they're looking to lock up for the next three or four years. All right, let's talk about the other Keystone combination situation. Then Brendan Donovan wins a utility Gold Glove. Any concerns at all, especially with the elimination of the shift with either Donovan or Gorman at second base? Well, you know, I, I, Gorman uh, Gorman held his own last year. I, I would say that Gorman was 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 better than expected defensively at second base. You know, he's nowhere near a goal, goal glove. He's nowhere near one of the you know the best fielders in the league or anything like that. But he was he was solid. He, he held his own. He's got got to hit the ball better. Uh, I, I think Donovan is, you know, I think Donovan's going to be a guy who plays the major leagues for the next ten years. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you talk to players around the league; they all say, "How is this kid just a rookie? Like he he has the plate discipline of a of a ten year vet. I mean, he doesn't swing at bad pitches. He goes deep into counts. He makes pitchers work. He fouls pitches off. Uh, he's just one of those guys who does so many things well that he's going to play in the league for for ten years. It may be. As a, as a third baseman, it may be as a second baseman, it may be as a left fielder, but he's going to find a way to get on the field every day. Hey, John, we were talking about, you were talking about the prospects and how the Cardinals have done such a great job. One of the names that we often overlook is Alec Burleson in that outfield. What do you see for him uh, with more opportunities at the plate? Does he have a, a chance to, to get an opportunity to, to get a starting spot? Yeah, you know, Kerry, when you look at his numbers last season in Memphis, he was one of the best players in in all of AAA. I mean, he hit three thirty, hit 20 home runs. I think he had 87 RBI. I mean, the guy can flat hit. Uh, you know, he came up, he got his shot here and there. He actually hit his first major league home run on the same night as Albert Pujols hit his 700th home run. So the, talk about getting o- overshadowed a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, but the guy can, can flat hit. It's you know, do they have a position for him? Can he can he can he play first base occasionally? Can he play in the outfield to get himself at bats? And the Cardinals thought that maybe he was just trying to put the ball in play too much whenever he was there. They, when he swings, they want him to do damage, and you know that that's something he's been working on. He's working on better in his body, cleaning up his, his diet, uh, you know, getting stronger so that he can drive pitches better. Uh, you know, they need a left-handed bat, and part of the reason they didn't go sign anybody is because they thought with Nolan Gorman and and with Alec Burleson that that maybe they had they, they couldn't find anything better than what they already had. So they they believe in Burleson as a hitter. 
He's just got to, you know, drive the ball into the gaps and, and hit for power more. John Denton, last thing for me, and we had this discussion with uh, our, our friend Alexa Dat last week. Of all of the guys that are going to get, and we already mentioned Jordan Walker, but of all the guys that are going to get a lot of at-bats because of the players that are going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic, at-bats or innings, who are you most intrigued to see or just interested in seeing? Well, you know, Cardinal fans are going to roll their eyes, but it's Paul DeYoung. I mean, he, he has a new swing. He, he's he's basically started over. He, he basically got rid of everything that he knew before, and it's just started from scratch. He's getting rid of the uh, the high leg kick. Uh, you know, they they were blown away that, that there was a lot of interest around the league uh, in Paul DeYoung. I mean, there were a lot of teams that lost shortstops this all season, and you know, Paul's going to get a chance to play first. Paul's going to play second. He's going to play third. He's going to play short during spring training. I mean, Paul's going to be another guy who's going to get 100 at-bats in spring training. And, you know, Paul's not only auditioning to make the Cardinals, he's auditioning for the other 29 teams in the league because he could be a valuable trade commodity for the Cardinals. So, you know, he's working hard. He's working every day. But it's going to be interesting to see, can he transfer to the games? Can he be a different hitter? Can he can he can he you know have a good spring and and ensure that he's going to be at the major league level this season? So that's I think that's going to be fascinating. And then also the outfield. I mean, that outfield, the way the outfield plays out is you know Tyler O'Neill, um, Jordan Walker, Dylan Carlson, uh, Lars Newtbard. Those guys are basically fighting for three spots. So every single day, that's going to be interesting to see. John Denton, always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. By the way, are you already down in uh, in Jupiter or when you heading down? I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm looking at the forecast every day and, and can't wait to get to 80 degrees. All right. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. We'll be talking to you from there. Thanks so much. Continue the great work at MLB.com on the Cardinal site. Go to Cardinals.com and read the great work of John Denton. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thanks, Randy. Take care. See you later. Bye. That is our, one of our favorites, John Denton, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. Coming up with Carrie, Randy, and Matthew, we've got the fight. So I've, I've gone a month, CD, in 2023. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna. I'm on your. I'm on your side because yesterday I got a look <laughs> that I didn't. I had to put my head down and, and continued my work. <laughs> well, so I, 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 I studied my WNBA champions last night. I'll have you know. You ready to roll? Yep. Next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the. Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? Pretty good, sir. How are you today? I am doing well. You ready to roll? As ready as I'm going to be. All right. Fresh month, Matt. We got to... January's in the past. We don't worry about Randy's complete run of the month. We, we shake it off. We get started with a new month and a win. How about that? All right. I'll give him a shot. All right. Let's All go. Right. Here we go. Nolan Ryan and Greg Maddox both put up 20 seasons of 10-plus wins, who is the only person in MLB history to tally 21 seasons of 10-plus wins. Is it Don Sutton, Roger Clemens, or Walter Johnson? Roger Clemens. On this day in 2010, Kerry pulled in that Super Bowl ring with a win over Kurt Warner in the Cardinals. Who did the Steelers beat in that year's AFC Championship game? 
Was it the New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, or the Baltimore Ravens? Ooh. Um, don't believe it was the Colts. I want to say that was a divisional matchup. I'm going with the Ravens. All right, who is the NBA all-times leader in assists for a big man? Is it Bill Walton, Wes Unseld, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I'm going to have to go with Kareem. And what legendary NBA or which legendary NBA center was the first commissioner of the ABA? Was that Bob Pettit, Ed McCauley, or George Mikan? Uh, who was the first one? Um, Bob Pettit, Ed McCauley, or George Mikan? I don't have a clue on this. I'm going to take a guess, but I'm going to go with Bob Pettit. All right, we will double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Matt, how do you feel? I've, the last question you said you didn't know, but the other three, how'd you feel? Uh, I'd say I'm 50 50. I'm sure Randy will take it out, but you know. We got to have positive thinking here because Randy already has all the confidence in the world. We we got to have a little bit more confidence. I think that's right. what right. I think that is what is going it. to allow us to to win this this uh this matchup at some point. Cuz I know yeah, I know right. St. We'll, Louis is tired of Randy winning. He's we'll not. We'll take it down today. There we go. All Just, right. Let's go, Matt. Randy, say hello to Matt. Matt, good morning. How you doing? Great to have you with us. I cannot wait. Good morning, sir. Thank you. I enjoy listening to you guys every morning. We appreciate that very much. Thank you. I cannot wait till we get cameras in here because Randy's reactions are golden. <laughs> they are some of the best responses. The nonverbal responses that Randy gives that only Rock and I can see. Are, are, are just it's just something you you, <laughs> you have to be here to, to, to really appreciate the levels of Randy Randy are you ready I'm ready you're always ready aren't you no I need a little prep I, need, I gotta have my banana I gotta have my propel I, need, uh, I, need, I go out in the hall and I, I was talking to our friend Holly Maddox one of our salespeople who's fantastic and uh, just getting mentally prepped up yeah we're gonna run a we're gonna test this out maybe go have you go out there without anything and see how how well you come back prepared <laughs> just take Take away all Take away everything. Don't let well, him take hey, anything out. Big boy. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, he big might boy. feel it. I, I, I can walk down the hall and get him out and do. Okay? <laughs> he can't okay. do that. All right, ready. Here we go. Ready. Nolan Ryan and Greg Maddox both put up 20 seasons of 10-plus wins. Who is the only person in MLB history to tally 21 seasons of 10-plus wins? 21 seasons of 10-plus wins. So we've got Maddox and Ryan out of the mix here, huh? They did 20? Yeah, they did 20. First thing that comes to mind is Phil Negro, um, but I guess I should not have. I guess I'm glad that I thought of a second. I am going to go with Don Sutton. Randy, on this day in 2010, Kerry pulled in that Super Bowl ring with a win over Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Who did the Steelers beat in that year's AFC Championship game? 2008, it was not the Patriots because they didn't make the playoffs that year. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I showed somebody the video yesterday. (laughs) Okay, we talked to Dave Kohlberg from... from, 
We, we talked to Dave Kohlberg from Callaway earlier in the show. You'll be find it on our uh, website or on our app. It's brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Watch the opening kickoff of the 2008 AFC Championship game between the Steelers and the Ravens. And watch what Kerry Davis does to another human being. <laughs> and here's why. When you hit a perfect drive and it goes thwack, that's what Kerry Davis did to a human being. What you do to a golf ball on a perfect swing, Kerry Davis did to another human being in the opening on the opening kickoff of the AFC Championship game in 2008. Baltimore Ravens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of those sounds, right? I, yeah, just you dream for you you dream about those. Like I, it might sound sick. <laughs> that gotta say it doesn't. It might sound sick, but you dream about. At least I did. I dreamt. I, I dreamt imagine. about hits like that. I can imagine. imagine. It happens. All right. <laughs> Who is the NBA's all-time leader in assists for a big man? Mm, good one. I'll do the lifeline. Is it Bill Walton, Wes Unseld, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I don't think it's Kareem. And I don't know if Walton played enough games. He was a great passer, but he was hurt a lot. So I think I'm going to go... Boy, Kareem played a long time, didn't he? But I'll go with Wes Unseld. All right, Randy. What? Which? Excuse me. Which legendary NBA center was the first commissioner of the ABA? First commissioner of the ABA. I know this. Hold on. Let me just think. Um, um, legendary NBA center. First commissioner of the ABA. Um, it wasn't anybody from here. I know who this is. Dang it. Um, okay, let's just go through some teams. Well, um, one Russell. Um, okay, there were only like eight teams, so I can do this. Um, okay, Hawks, Lakers, Celtics, uh, Cincinnati Royals. Um, man, this is frustrating because I, I will be mad when I don't get this. Um, I guess I'll go. Maybe it was one of our, I'll, I guess I'll go Pettit. I'll go Bob Pettit. We have a tie. Oh, there we go. Finally, Matt. something not straight up. Matt. We have a tie, Matt. So you've taken Randy to a tie. We're going to go here, and let's go through the protocol really quickly. I will read the question. We will pause for a moment. Randy will write down his answer, and then Matt will have you answer your the question verbally. We will then read off Randy Carricker's answer, and then is closest to the pin on this answer. Matt, do you understand the rules, and are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Earlier this week, the Kings tied the record for the most threes by any team in an NBA quarter. How many threes did they make? They tied the record for the most threes by a team in any by any team in a quarter in NBA history. 
How many did they make? Randy Carricker, do you have a guess? Uh, yeah, it, down? And it is a guess. Okay, Randy Carricker has his guess. Matt, what is your guess? I'm going to go with 17. All right, and we have ourselves a winner. This was a close one. No one got it right on. I had to do a little quick math in the head. So who is the winner of today's fight? It goes to a tie. Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. That just happened. Just win, baby. I'm so sorry, Matt. It was a 2-2 tie, but Randy just got you on the tiebreaker. You guessed 17. He guessed 9. The answer, the Kings made 12 threes in a quarter, so Randy was 3 off. You were 5 off. And so Megamind on this first day of February just barely slipped past you, Matt. All right. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining the show. It was a 2-2 tie. Nolan Ryan and Greg Maddox both put up 20 seasons of 10-plus wins, and it was, in fact, Don Sutton, the only man in baseball history to put up 21 different seasons of 10-plus wins. On this day in 2010, 13 years ago, Kerry Davis won that Super Bowl. How did they get there? They had to beat AFC North rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, in the AFC Championship game 23-14. to The all-time big man assist leader in the NBA is, in fact, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hmm. 5,660. Number two is Wilt Chamberlain. Wes Hunt's a little bit further down the list than you would expect. And which legendary NBA center was the first commissioner of the ABA? First ever big man who really made some money. He was the face of the NBA. George Mikan oh, yeah, went from the NBA yep, yep. and was the yep. first commissioner of the ABA. Again, a 2-2 tie. Randy Carricker takes it to the tiebreaker and wins it just off closest to the pin. Oh, you want more? Okay. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 Randy! Oh my gosh! We'll be back tomorrow <laughs> with with uh, we'll we'll be back tomorrow with another fight. Well, we get your popcorn. Right? <laughs> Throw the flag here. We're gonna have a, gonna have a celebration. <laughs> uh, a section uh, question added to the list. We, we, Candace Parker. Uh, uh, Candace Parker. That's my answer. <laughs> well, there goes that question. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if you're still listening, thank you. You did yeah, an outstanding Thank you so much for playing, Matt. Thank you you, 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 you were, got the closest yes, in, the, were, in, the, in the last four weeks. Only one other person has even taken him to a tiebreaker. So thank you so much for joining the show, and thank you so much for the fight. Thank you, too. Have a good one. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, you were bullied into that confidence by <laughs> Kerry Davis. You <laughs> I was were. Trying, to, trying to exude confidence out of him. I was trying to get him to believe, and he believed. He, <laughs> he was did, right yeah, there. He did. Randy, that, that, I got you on two NBA questions, and I... Still couldn't get well, the, it. The 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 they saying that the Baltimore Ravens question. They said that was a layup for you. I, I will say this because there are people asking. It was an outstanding feeling to <laughs> hit a grown man and watch him fall in that manner. I I mean it's all fair. I didn't do anything illegal. It was a play. He was running down on kickoff. That's not why with right. the intentions of harming one of us, mm-hmm. and unfortunately he got harmed <laughs> in the process. 
How am I supposed to It's on YouTube. How it's I, on YouTube. It's Nobody literally a perfect that. day. I got a guy who played on the team. It's the anniversary of them winning. How am I supposed to know that randomly he, Jerry's just watching the <laughs> Randy's watching the freaking highlight? And I could have pulled it. My other selection was because Kerry's a running back. I was gonna say who led that Super Bowl in rushing? Because I thought, well, Kerry's a running back. He that's a that's, that's a, a good that's question. A, that's a fun one. Who who led that Super Bowl in rushing? I thought it was too easy. It wasn't it wasn't Willie. It was Willie. Was it Willie? Edger and James had, had like forty yards. James had eight carries for thirty three yards. That's Willie cool. only had like forty two. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's we, who led the, we weren't, but I'm we saying. weren't able to run the ball. Weldy no. Moore had like a carry for he six had yards. For you six you yards. had a catch for six yep. yards. So like that was my only other option because from that game, and I I guess I should have pulled out that one. Gary Russell Son had forty. A... No, Gary had G had like three yards rushing, something like that. Yeah, one yard, but he scored a touchdown. Yeah. So this just go to YouTube and do it on a computer, not on your phone. Right? <laughs> you got to be on a computer. You got to be on a bigger screen. But this is the kind of thing that where. You will bring somebody over and say, "You got to see this. You got to see this," no. because you watch the hit, guy, and then you get to watch the replay of it. Mm-hmm. The replay is better. It's after the first or second yeah. play of offense yeah. they come back to it because they had to cut the commercial. <laughs> I didn't feel hurt. bad. It's just it is what it is. I don't blame you, Carrie, <laughs> Randy. The opening drive coming up. Boy, did the quarterback carousel in the NFL take a turn today? We'll tell you about it next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. officially announced his retirement this morning in a video posted to Instagram. He got choked up as he announced that he is not going to play anymore. He said it was actually kind of funny. I used my spectacular essay last year, and uh, so so, so I've used that up. So, Kerry, there's going to be a lot of teams that need quarterbacks for 2023, and... It appears now, heck, Josh Johnson played in an NFC Championship game. It appears as if, especially with Brady gone, there are not going to be enough guys to go around. For example, what do the Raiders do now? The Raiders pushed Derek Carr out the door. I guess Josh McDaniels didn't like him. I have to believe that Josh McDaniels might have thought that Tom Brady would join him. I'll tell you one guy who's happy today. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, yeah, Jimmy G is um is probably thrilled because that's one less quarterback on the market that that can prevent him from going where he needs to go. I mean, Derek Carr as well. You're looking at two quarterbacks that are that have been starters, that have starter quality, that will end up on a team somewhere and 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 be starting some games next season. The Raiders are probably <laughs> confused at this moment. You let you let Derek Carr walk. He doesn't even play in the last two games. He's not even in the building for the last two games. You have Jimmy G with the 49ers and their quarterback issues going on. You also have Aaron Rodgers, who mm-hmm. reports came out last week that they probably want to trade him and move on from him because if not, they're going to be in a situation with Jordan Love where he could potentially be a free agent and you don't have anybody on the roster and you spent the first round draft pick on a young man that never played. So the the Packers are in a in a situation where they have to move on from one of those two quarterbacks. There is going to be a few spots for for these quarterbacks to find a home. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't decided yet if he's going to play. Yeah. Now here's one other guy that I wonder about, and you talk about fortuitous, 
But Baker Mayfield kind of resurrected himself in those de- games that he played with the Rams simply because of the shortage of bodies. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, who, when we did our thing out of the league, we thought our best backup, he actually might find himself competing for a job again. See, I don't I don't know which team would be a a fit for Baker. I'm looking at you look at the New York Jets. They go, they're going to be looking in the quarterback market. You figure Houston is probably going to draft their guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati doesn't need one. Obviously Pittsburgh, uh, Indianapolis is probably going to draft their guy. Or maybe I don't. I don't see an Indianapolis taking a chance on a Baker Mayfield they can't because do that they've again. done it too many yeah. times. They don't need another free agent, high value, high market type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. They they're going to have to go draft their guy and hope that they can groom him into being the starter that they need him to be. Um, that maybe you're looking at. I don't think Baker Mayfield starts next year. I don't think there's a, a place where he's going to be a starting quarterback. Dallas, um, New York Giants are going to keep Daniel Jones. Uh, they're more than likely going to re-sign mm-hmm. him. The Washington Gino Com- winds up with Gino Seattle Gino stays right? in Seattle, I'm sure. The Washington Commanders is a franchise. But again, I don't think that they go down the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold no. road either. I could see them, and I don't know what Carr's ultimate goal is, but that would be a place where if he wanted the money— Washington, where Derek Carr might be a fit. But you and I were thinking, if you want to prove yourself, and I don't know if Derek Carr needs a one-year yeah. prove-a-deal, but he's made a lot of money. If he wants to win, he'd be great in San Francisco. Yeah, go. he was in Oakland, go back to the Bay. Yeah. You, you can have success there. What does Tampa Bay do now with the quarterback situation? Are, are, are they going to give Kyle Trask a, an opportunity to run that that offense, or are they looking for a quarterback as well? There are there are a few spots, and then you have the Arizona Cardinals, who Kyler yeah. Murray is injured and probably not going to play the first two or three months of the season. Maybe that's a spot that that I, I, Baker Mayfield to me feels like a solid number two, but not a number one. Yeah. And then you have the Derek Carrs, the Aaron Rodgers, should he become a free agent. You have... And by the way, I think that if, if it's not Trask in Tampa, I don't know if Tampa would go this direction because they're, even though they signed Brady, in terms of moving draft picks, they're pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers would be a great fit there because they still have a window yeah. where they can win. And... It, it, I don't know if they want to roll the dice, and I like Kyle Trask a lot. I think he's going to be good, but we just don't know. But if you want to get somebody that you know, you have Rodgers thrown to those guys. They would be, I mean, they would be much better in much better shape than they were this year. It's going to be interesting to see how these quarterbacks play out. Jimmy G, you got, as I said, Jimmy G, you got, I don't know that Mason Rudolph or Jacoby Brissett, no. or, or Jacoby's probably going to re-sign with the Cleveland Browns and, and be a number two behind Deshaun Watson. Andy Dalton played the entire season. But I don't think I think his number one days are are up. So New Orleans is another spot that may be looking for a quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of spots, but I don't think there are a lot of high value free agent quarterbacks that are available for for teams to take a chance on. You might set a record for the number of rookie quarterbacks that start next year because of the fact that now Brady is out and. Not that Tampa Bay is going to have one, but if you look at Chicago, Chicago, and by the way, another guy that might move is Justin Fields, right? They're apparently exploring a trade if somebody yeah, would take him. That would him. be madness to me, though. Yeah, but they apparently their coaching staff feels like he's not going to be the guy for them, and that's not their guy. So maybe a guy like uh, 
Bryce Young, maybe a guy like C.J. Stroud starts, Levis mm-hmm. from Kentucky. There's guys out there where I could absolutely see three or four rookies starting on opening day. So Levis is a guy. Uh, Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. You got the kid Anthony yeah. Richardson from Florida who— right. That that name you know surprises me. Him being a, a that high, I, he, his value has has really shot up you know over the last he's, year. He's a uh, he's a scout's dream, right? He, he's the big guy with the big, big arm. guy with the big arm. You you love those guys, so you know I think that there's going to be some. It's going to be a lot of interesting names in some different places next year uh, for some teams starting that we probably didn't expect or wouldn't expect. Okay, one other quick question here. Does Carson Wentz start an NFL game in 2023? No. That's saying something. No. I, I think he, he's <laughs> – that ship has sailed. I think he's done, you know, the best that he could do. His best season, they won the Super Bowl, but he didn't play in it. He was on an MVP, you know, track before he got hurt. I think it was in in Los Angeles where he tore his knee up. Yep. Other Since then, he has yeah. not looked yeah. nearly – the same or nearly to that level of of, of player, and so I, I don't think he starts. Maybe it's a spot start, but he doesn't go into any season this point going forward as a as a number one quarterback. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up on 101 ESPN, the Athletic put out their offseason grades for MLB, and our friend Katie Wu gives the Cardinals just a C plus. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. didn't have a uh, very active offseason. Obviously, they signed Wilson Contreras. And The Athletic went to their beat writers and asked them to grade the team they covers offseason moves. And Katie Wu writes at The Athletic, it was an underwhelming offseason for St. Louis with the rising payroll totals falling far short of both the front offices and expectations. The Cardinals made three major moves. Those were retaining Nolan Arenado and Adam Wainwright, and the third was signing Wilson Contreras, filling an obvious need behind the plate while simultaneously boosting the team's offense. St. Louis does deserve some credit for acquiring the best free agent backstop available and addressing two birds with one stone, but you don't get a top grade for doing the minimum. And, uh, Kerry, I I don't disagree with a C+. However, I think there are qualifications here. And part of it, I I guess you do have to grade the Cardinals and every organization on foresight. And they clearly did not read the market and what the market was going to entail for top end starting pitching. And so that's that's why I I agree with with Katie. I would go CC plus on the Cardinals offseason, too. I think so. I think specifically because we were under the impression that more money was going to be spent in the free agent market. Obviously, you go out and get the, the necessity at catcher. You 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 lost your all-star Hall of Fame, uh, future Hall of Famer in, in Yadier Molina. So you had to go get the catcher. And I think they got the best one available. I was I was always on the Wilson Contreras bandwagon as opposed to the Sean mm-hmm. Murphy bandwagon. Um, so I'm glad that they did that. I think some of the other moves – you know, maybe they didn't happen because they don't feel they didn't feel the need to make them happen. There was no need for a shortstop when you well, we've been hearing about Paul DeYoung. He's been mm-hmm. performing, hitting very well. You obviously got Tommy Edmond. You got Mason Wynn waiting in 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 
in a few years or in a year or so to be here. So maybe they didn't feel the need to go out and get the, the, the shortstop or the outfielder because you have Jordan Walker coming up. And Kerry, it's my understanding that the Cardinals actually did offer Cody Bellinger more money. Mm-hmm. 500000 more. It was okay. $18 million versus seventeen and a half. But they did offer Bellinger $18 million and his camp said, well, can you guarantee us playing time? And Cardinals Randy and Kerry. Yeah, we are Randy and Kerry. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Bellinger camp, led by Scott Boris, said, hey, can you guarantee him playing time? Because he needs to rebuild right. his market value. And the Cardinals said, well, here we are. We really love Newt Barr. We really think a lot of Dylan Carlson. We've got Tyler O'Neill if he's healthy, and we've got Jordan Walker on the way. We can't guarantee you that. We have to be honest with you. We can't guarantee that playing time to Cody Bellinger. And Scott Boris knows the difference in hitting home runs between Wrigley Field and in Blue Stadium. And so that just made more sense for Bellinger. But I think that's a miss for the Cardinals that is not of their making. Yeah, well, I think it may be one of those things where you missed on it, but it might actually work out in your Mm -hmm. favor. And so... Um, you didn't necessarily have to go spend that money. And, and we were talking to, to John Denton earlier, and he was saying he wait, he hopes uh, – he was talking to Ali Marmal and how Ali hopes Jordan Walker wakes up every day thinking I'm going to take someone's job. And the other three outfielders are saying no one's taking my mm-hmm. job. You want guys that want to compete. And if Cody Bellinger and his camp were afraid of competition – Eh, that's really not a guy that you – well, we're going to pay you $18 million. Well, I'm going to get X number of a-bats, mm-hmm. right? Well, no, you're going to have to earn those. You're going to get you, – you got your money. You, you're yeah. going to get that, but you got to earn the at-bats. If that's not what you want to hear, that's not a person that I want to be here on this team anyway. So I, I, I'm comfortable with that. Um, but as you said, the offseason moves, some of them didn't work out in their favor. I forget who we were talking to. Was it Claves that was talking about uh, Moises Gomez yesterday? Yes. And talking about 39 home runs last year in the minors. What he can bring. You sign a guy like that, maybe that's another addition that a lot of people aren't speaking of. I've talked about Alec Burleson. There are guys on this team that can hit. And the, the best part, the best teams that I've ever been on are teams that compete. Mm-hmm. They are the, every single day. That made the best man win. And when the best man wins, your team is that much better because now your bench is that much better. So if you got guys that are able to do all of these things that are in-house, not necessarily a need to go out and spend a lot of money in free agency. One other thing here, and this is something that now the Cardinals are aware of. Everybody in baseball is aware of the price for starting pitching, right? With Carlos Rodon signing for six years and 162 with the Yankees, we all know what it's going to take to sign a starter, for example, that has one or two healthy years, i.e. Jack Flaherty. We know that the Cardinals are going to have to provide him an AAV of at least $27 million a year. That'll make him the highest paid in terms of cash paid out by the Cardinals. That'll make him the highest paid Cardinal and... It would also be, if they would go 162, uh, that would be the largest sum ever shelled out mm-hmm. by the Cardinals for any player that they had. Uh, Goldschmidt didn't get that much. Holiday didn't get that much. Roland didn't get that much. So $162 million would be something that the Cardinals haven't done before. But since we all know what the going rate is now, and it's going to be higher than that, yeah. put it up by 10% next year. So add 2.7, add 3. So you're talking, talking about $30 million a year. The Cardinals are going to have to swim in those waters if they want to have those top-level starting pitchers. And, and we've talked about it at some point. 
you know, in order to keep guys in-house to to avoid them leaving for bigger paydays, you're going to have to pay some of those guys. And you're going to have to get into a point where you you may not feel as comfortable. If you want to win championships, you're going to have to spend some money. And it's probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable at times. But winning that championship because that guy is performing at the level that he's being paid at, I think eventually will ease some of that mm-hmm. that uneasiness, but uh, it's going to come a point in time where because of just the way the market is going, it's going up, up, up. You know, the Cardinals are going to have to get in those waters if they want to be competitive and stay competitive. And one other thing, Katie Wu's grade, C-plus, is right on, mm-hmm. right on, okay? One time, Kerry, I got a C-plus, and... Were you thrilled? Well, I was, but my parents started a conga line. It was unbelievable. They were the music playing and champagne being drank. It was unbelievable. You didn't know what was going on? Yeah! <laughs> I made Celebration. it! Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, opening drive, 101 ESPN, 912. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up, a couple of NFL coaching jobs were filled yesterday. Were they filled by the right guys, especially in Denver? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Matthew Rocchio has decided to bail on us. And Grant Francis, a very worthy, not replacement, but... Feel he's this better. Do, okay. Do you, do you mind Francois? No, I don't mind that. Guy, I think yeah. I, I like the Francois. Yeah. Been so, called that once or twice. <laughs> Grant has stepped in to run the board for the rest of this show. Kerry and Randy, a couple of NFL coaching vacancies were filled yesterday. Let's. Oh, holy cow! Uh, Rocchio put on a sport coat. So I looking just good. He's looking really good. Okay, so I want to start with this CD because you and I. I think when we see something like Sean Payton going to Denver, we think, okay, what the hell is he thinking, and how can this be a positive? And the one thing that I did think of is that the reason that Russell Wilson got drafted and started for the Seattle Seahawks initially is because of what Sean Payton had done with Drew Brees Mm -hmm. in New Orleans. Russell Wilson probably doesn't get the gig unless Drew Brees succeeds the way he did under Payton in New Orleans. What do you think of my thought process there? I actually like that thought process. I mean, he's a smaller quarterback, not not a 6'3", 6'4", guy looking over the pocket. When you're shorter, you got to find windows to to throw the ball in on time and and in rhythm. And that's the one thing when you look at, at Russell Wilson, his entire career, it's been extending plays. It's been the 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 extending plays with his legs, finding windows, finding guys downfield open. Maybe Sean Payton can get him on time with his throwing and his understanding of where the ball needs to be and why it needs to be out right now. That's the one thing that Drew Brees did. He did it well. You know, him and Michael Thomas had an outstanding relationship and, and understanding of where they needed to be. Michael Thomas wasn't going to beat you downfield with with a four three speed. He was going to beat you over the middle with with those jerk routes in and out and unders and things of that nature. So maybe this can help Russell Wilson get on track because this this Broncos team we said was a quarterback away a yeah. year ago. They signed the quarterback to to. 100 plus million, and they still felt like they were a quarterback away. So I think they were a coach away. That, that too. That too. I mean, looking at it, yeah, you, you, you would say that as well because 
what Nathaniel Hackett did. He he just couldn't get it done there, and and they got rid of him after one year. Now you got Sean Payton coming in to to try to right things and get it going the correct way. And I like a lot of what they have there. I think a, a healthy Javante Williams in the backfield is a great place to start. They got decent work out of Latavius Murray. They got rid of Melvin Gordon, but Jerry Judy is really good. Cortland Sutton is really good. Uh, they still have that uh, is it KJ Hamler. Mm-hmm. He, he can play the tight end. Dulcich did some really good things. The talent on the offensive line is not terrible. One other thing about Sean Payton, he's always brought in a very good offensive line coach. He always had a good offensive line in New Orleans, and I have to believe that he'll go. He might even go back and get Aaron Cromer. I don't know, and and plug him in as his offensive line coach. Javante Williams coming back healthy is going to help them. Uh, you know, they had to get rid of Melvin Gordon because he put the ball on the ground too, too many much, times. Yeah. Latavius Murray is a guy. You know, you give him fifteen carries, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna have. He's gonna end up with 75, 80 yards. He's just a steady guy. Score a few touchdowns for you, but not. He doesn't have that breakaway speed anymore like he did years ago. Um, but getting this offense going, it, it all starts with Russell. Yeah, and I right, mean, right. It, obviously, getting the running game going again is gonna help. But it starts with Russell taking care of the football, and then being a likable guy. <laughs> I mean, he he yeah. seemed as though his teammates weren't really big fans of him. You know, there there was. There were some issues between them. You saw it on the sidelines. So maybe Sean Payton can be that voice of reason in that in that locker room, getting guys to really buy into the system and getting Russell to understand that it is not just about you, man. It's about us. And us, we're going to need you to play your best. But in order for, for us to win, we all have to be on the same page. One other thing, and this is uh, we're going to get to D'Amico Ryans in Houston in a second. I wonder if Vic Vangio sold his house in Denver. <laughs> and the other thing is, remember in the last two years, they've traded Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Yep. They've gotten rid of two of the premier pass rushers in the whole league. So that's part of what they need to rebuild, too, is yeah. their ability to get after the quarterback. Yeah, they're going to have to see what they can do in the draft um, and see how they, they – uh, defensively, I like what they do. I, I like their secondary. I think they've done a, a, a very good job. Their defense was – allowing the the fewest points in football. Yeah. They just couldn't score. And so you're on the field more times for more possessions because you got an offense that's going three and out. You're going to get tired. You're going to get worn down. But they still stood tall most games and, and not allowing many, many points to be scored, in which if you had an offense that was clicking on par, doing the things that they should have been doing, this team could be playing next weekend because that's how good that defense was. But that's just how poor that offense was. And Kerry, with the – picks they're giving up for Peyton and the picks they gave up for Russell, they're going to be limited in terms of the draft capital that they have to rebuild things. All right, let's talk about D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator from San Francisco, going to become the head coach of the Houston Texans, former Texans player, great Texans player. And you and I were talking about this before we came on the air today. Last year at this time, Byron Leftwich was negotiating for head coaching jobs. May have even been offered the job in Jacksonville Jacksonville. and turned it down. So if you're D'Amico Ryans, you have to look at that and say, you know what, if a job pops up and it's a place I know, I better take it. Yeah, you should take it. And and it's only 32 of these jobs in the world. And so you are one of 32 to be able to run an organization, run a franchise. You got a six-year deal. I will take my hat off to the Houston Texans. Because I said this to you earlier today, and I said it last week, I didn't think D'Amico Ryans was going to get the job. Not because he didn't deserve it, not because he's not an outstanding defensive coordinator. I thought there was no way in hell that the Houston Texans would hire three black three back, black head coaches back to back to back, and they did. David Culley, Lovey Smith, and now D'Amico Ryans. That, to me, is 
progression. That is that is progress. That is a team that is not just going after, you know, what's familiar. And maybe they are a little bit more familiar with D'Amico Ryans because he played there, but going after the best candidate. And so I will take my hat off to the Houston Texans because you see sham interviews for the for the 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 black minority coaches all the time. Mm-hmm. The minority coaches all the time. Those interviews of guys that don't really have a chance to get hired. And here are the Houston Texans. They've hired three in a row. And Probably, I'm sure, it's never been done before in the NFL, not in Power 5 college football that I know of. So I I really take my hat off to them for that decision because he is the best man for the job, did an outstanding job with the the 49ers defensively, and hopefully does an outstanding job with the Houston Texans. And Robert Sala magically has the Jets on the ascent. He was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco before D'Amico Ryans. And here's the other thing. We had Joe Buck on. He said that Troy Aikman thinks that Kyle Shanahan's the best head coach in the league. Mike Martz told us last week, I think Kyle Shanahan's the best head coach in the league. There's got to be something through osmosis when you're working for a guy that has so much respect and you're able to emulate. You have to be yourself as a head coach, no doubt about it. But you're able to see what a, a guy like Shanahan does to be successful. He has had success, hasn't been able to win it yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that game for Shanahan versus the uh, uh, the Eagles over the weekend, it showed a little bit about him because I think his team really took after his identity in that moment. He was not calm, cool, and no. collected on the sideline. He was frustrated. He was yelling. And his team said, you know what? Yeah, we are being messed over. We're not getting a fair shake. And so we're going to respond in the same manner. And so if there was one thing for Kyle Shanahan that if I were I'm sure he's looking at it, you know, the couple of days removed and saying, I probably need to keep my composure a little bit better. I think D'Amico Ryans, you know, you do learn a lot from the coaches you coach with and coach under. Um, but as you said, you have to have your own personality. I think D'Amico Ryans is a perfect fit. Former Texan understands, you know, that city, understands that organization and is going to lead them and, 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 and chose the right place because, Randy, that's the best division that you want to be in if you're a head coach in mm-hmm. the first year. That division stinks. It does, yeah. It's <laughs> and bad. so you, your team stinks. Yep. You're going to get a first round quarterback, and hopefully that could put you, you know, going in the correct direction. I think it's a great hire, and I think it's a steal for Houston getting him. And they had to sign him for six years, but if they ex- exhibit some patience with D'Amico yep. Ryan's, I think they're going to do great things. By the way, in regards to the 49ers, if I am number seventy one for the 49ers, Trent Williams, and I am in the huddle, and I see number 17, and I say, who the hell is this? I didn't know he was still playing. And he's doing, Josh Johnson is doing what he did. I'm going to pick up a guy and throw him, too. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you looked at the, the when, when Brock Purdy went to the sideline and Josh started warming up there, I was oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This is 17. Right. Is not, that's not Philip Rivers coming in to save the day for us. Did you see the Steve Young uh, tweet, by the way, during uh-huh. that game? I didn't see it. He said, uh, he tweeted, out in the parking lot, warming up. Come and get me if you need me. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been better. It, he might have. <laughs> At whatever age. How old is Steve Young? 50, 58? Be, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He might have been better. Carrie, Randy, it's 101 ESPN. Coming up here as we roll on. Are the Blues behind the eight ball in their rebuild, retool, and what do they need to do over the course of this break? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
The New York Islanders acquire Bo Horvat, who was the number one trade target, according to The Athletic, over the weekend from the Vancouver Canucks. And the Islanders gave up some pretty good young talent to get him in terms of assets, uh, including Beauvillier, who's a really good player and has a chance to help Vancouver long term. Kerry, we localize things and we look at the Blues and we look at deals that other teams make. And I think sometimes we need to, rather than have revisionist history, take a look at the actual history of what's transpired. The Blues, to their credit and now to their chagrin, have been a cap team for several years now. It worked in winning the Stanley Cup, but then... The cap flattens out because of the pandemic, and the revenues of the league are tied to the payrolls of the league. So we've had a flat salary cap since the pandemic, and the Blues have not had the ability to make many moves. They're kind of locked in to their roster. So as the Blues try to rebuild here, this is a really good opportunity. They're still going to have problems after this season, but... To me, the Blues are in the same situation as a lot of NHL teams. The Blackhawks are going through it now. You're kind of, of locked in You're by the salary cap, and there's not much you can do. The Blues will provide, be provided some opportunities when Tarasenko and O'Reilly aren't on the payroll anymore. That being said, the payroll will go up next year because of Thomas and Cairo. So the Blues probably want to get a guy like uh, Ivan Barbashev off of their payroll as well. But ultimately, it's going to be a process, not an event, as the Blues return to Stanley Cup finals mm-hmm. contention. So with that that market being set, um, what does that mean for, for the Blues? What would they get in return? Or what are we looking at in return for, uh, I mean, Hovart, he's got, Horvat, he's got mm-hmm. 54 points, 31 goals. He's a guy that, I, we don't have a guy that I think is going to be traded that is playing at that level right now. We thought Tarasenko could be or would be, uh, but he got injured, missed some games, and wasn't really producing at the at the level that you thought he would be come this time of the season. He was my pick for leading goal scorer and, and just hasn't hasn't done it up until this point. O'Reilly's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Barbashev, but is he is he going to get you something back in return as, as similar to that? Barbashev, probably not even though he's an extraordinarily valuable player, but he's a third or fourth line guy. Mm-hmm. And a team will probably give up a number two for him. My hope is that Ryan O'Reilly comes back healthy and shows that he's capable of being the defensive force that he's been in the past. And he has been a leader on a Stanley Cup championship team. I think that carries a lot of weight with teams that think they can win the Stanley Cup. So I, I still believe that you can get a number one for O'Reilly. Vladdy's going to have to do something between now and March 3rd. Maybe right. the All-Star game. Maybe he shows people that are at the, at the All-Star game, oh, well, he still has skills. He can still do it. He still has the shot. That might make a difference for him. But if we get to March 3rd, I think it has to be an auction. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Blues can afford to try to hang on to any of these guys. Yeah. I think they have to take the best price that they can get for all of their UFAs and try to rebuild through the draft. That's Essentially how they did it when they won the Cup. When you had people like Schwartz and Tarasenko and Alex Petrangelo and Bennington, that team was at least half homegrown. Joel Edmondson was one of those guys. Barbashev was one of those guys. So I think that's one of the things the Blues need to do is get back to their roots of draft and develop. So trade deadline March 3rd. Yes, sir. They have 10 games when they return from February 11th to March 2nd. 
what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, let's say they go eight and two in that stretch. Is that is that worse than going two and eight for them? Because now you're in a you, you put yourself you you go eight and two. You're probably back in a situation where you're in playoff contention. And, and and now you're looking at this roster. O'Reilly more than likely is 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 either back or or coming back uh, to being mm-hmm. around. Do you still have that mindset of we're selling at the trade deadline? The best thing that could happen for the Blues is to go eight and two in those ten. Have Tarasenko score six or seven. Have O'Reilly show what he's capable of. And then the price will go through the roof at the deadline, and you still, and you're still sell you're those still guys. You, because this team is not winning a Stanley Cup. Okay. It's not winning a Stanley cool. Cup, and you can't have those guys walking out the door for nothing. So I'm still in auction mode at the deadline. Uh, was it Panger that said that, that when this team is playing well, that, that they can you're, you're not, they can. But you, you feel like it's just too up and down for, for an entire season to to get into the playoffs and maybe figure it out and figure out how to make a run. This team is incapable of winning four out of seven four times in a row. Well, I, I, that Randy is is a very valid point. Grant, what do you what are your thoughts on Grant's a hockey on, guy? Too. He is. Yeah, that's why I want to know because I, I see you pacing back and forth, kind of thinking, and I see your wheels spinning. So, what are your thoughts on on if eight and two at the trade deadline from this point on? And and they are in in playoff contention. You still okay with selling? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm in complete uh, agreeing with the fact that this team can't win a Stanley Cup at this point. They're just too inconsistent. They can win a series. Mm-hmm. They can go on a hot streak and win a series, maybe even two. But they're way too inconsistent to string along four straight series and win a Stanley Cup. And I think at this point in the season, you have these free agents, and you know, even if you want to re-sign these free agents. And I mean, it's less likely if you do this, but if you trade those players away, that doesn't mean you can't go out and re-sign them. Mm-hmm. You, you are just as capable of re-signing them in the offseason if you trade them versus if you don't trade them. Yeah. Like They can still walk for free or you can still sign them in the offseason either way. See, my thought is if you are if you go eight and two and you are in playoff, I am never of the thought process. It's too hard to win a championship. It's too hard to make it to the playoffs and have that 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 magical season. All of the things, everything has to align. And and you 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 don't just in my opinion, if you get to that point, you can't just say okay, the hell with it. You guys play well. Now we're going to tear it off. We're going to tear it up. We're going to we're we're going to shut it down because we know we don't we don't believe that we can win a championship. You don't know. Nobody knows anything Anything can happen in the playoffs. A star player could go down for the opposing team. The, the star goalie could go down. Mm-hmm. You could have a lot of things happen prior to to that series, that matchup, that could work in your favor. So I, I'm never of the mindset of, you know what, we can't win it. But here's the thing, Kerry. The Blues had an eight and two stretch earlier in the season. So are yeah. we are we gonna believe the fifty one games or the ten games? I would believe that if after this break, maybe they had some, you know, kumbaya moment, and everyone was in the house. They were they were uh, running, walking around with sage in the locker room, and everyone had tea and crumpets, and they sat down, cross cross, cross legs, cross cross applesauce, and had a moment together and figured out how we can figure this thing out. And we go out and we start winning games. I am. I think you're about to play it. Sunshine lollipops. Oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Even better. Okay. Hello? You play to win the game. (laughs) You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. It is. Play to win. 
We're trying to win. <laughs> Just win, baby. If I'm winning, <laughs> hey, listen, you telling me if we're winning – and and Heinz Ward was a free agent at the trade deadline, and we just rattled off four in a row, but we lost, you know, two prior to that. And you're gonna say, oh yeah, we're gonna move trade, we're gonna move Heinz. What, what the hell are we doing that for? We we're we're, we're we're on a path, and it's different sports, but you don't you don't you can't in my that's just the player in me. Mm-hmm. I, I want I to totally I that. want to win, and I, I, was totally, and I don't yep. want my guys out yep. the door if we're winning. Now if we're losing. And it's kind of going to, hey, we, we, we're up, you know, Blank Creek without a paddle. Okay, cool. I was telling a really good friend. We were, she was actually listening uh, to us on the web and agrees with you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you guys are looking at it from a player's or coach's point of view. Players want to win. Coaches are in self-preservation mode. Definitely. I'm, I'm looking at it from a general manager's point of view. Yeah. And that's the difference. Well, general managers are usually going to be there. Players and coaches... That, they, there you they, go. That, that's it. That's it. They're out of there in a I'm, moment's I'm, notice. So, so that's why I'm in self-preservation mode, man. I got, I got the eight-year deal. So, and you know what? I can always go to the owner and say, hey, we weren't going to be able to keep these guys. We might as well get that, something that, for them. Yeah. And you're players aren't gonna, going to the, well, most players aren't going to the owner. We're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's Kerry. I'm Randy. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the NFL coaching carousel continues. We still have two jobs left. Who gets those? Does anybody want them? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Five NFL coaching openings this offseason. Three of those have been filled. Frank Reich to Carolina, D'Amico Ryans to the Houston Texans, and Sean Payton getting traded to the Denver Broncos. So that leaves the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinal jobs open. And Kerry Davis, I am a Cardinal fan. I really like Michael Bidwell. I was a fan growing up. My favorite childhood memories are going to Big Red Games, but the fact of the matter remains that they haven't won a championship since 1947, and the only common denominator has been ownership. Mm -hmm. Mike Martz was on with us a couple of weeks ago. You asked, Mike, how would you, as a prospective head coach, look at the Arizona job? And he said, I wouldn't take it. (laughs) He did. And it it appears that that's the case for a lot of guys that feel the same way as him. Well, you look at... Their their history of, of just over the last I want to say five seasons you you hire and fire Steve Wilkes you sign uh, Cliff Kingsbury to an extension and then you fire him the season after uh, you draft the kid Rosen uh, and fire him essentially you cut him a year later first round Josh Rosen a first round draft pick you sign Kyler Murray to a deal and you put in that deal that he has to not play video games and has to study film if you are a coach that has coached in this league and has had success in this league. And then the quarterback that you had to sign to a to a to a year to a 5-year deal, I think it was a 5-year deal, and put in the contract not to play video games and and study more film is also hurt mm-hmm. with a torn ACL and going to miss an extensive part of the 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 next season. What part of that is intrigue, intriguing for a head coach to walk into? I mean it, it it's it seems like a a dumpster fire and it it could be a place where Maybe it's not set up to succeed right away. Now, the thing is, as we talked about earlier, there's only one of 32 of these Mm -hmm. in the world. So if you are one of 32, you are an elite company unlike anyone else that that has ever, you know, done most things in in sports. So 
it's you could look at it that way, but you also have to be aware that, you know, if it doesn't go well, you may not get that opportunity to be a head coach anywhere else and may be relegated to being just a, 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 a an assistant coach for the remainder of your career. Sean Payton, the new head coach of the Broncos, talked to Mickey Loomis, the general manager of the Saints, and they talked about what the compensation was going to be for Payton. The only team that didn't ask the Saints for permission, or at least wasn't granted permission to talk to Payton, was the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he just said to Mickey Loomis, look, don't bother giving them permission yeah. because it's just not worth it. Here's what I think needs to happen in Arizona. And there is one unique person to help fix that organization. And the thing that happened for the St. Louis Rams was when John Shaw, the president, he was nominally the owner because Georgia really didn't do anything, but John Shaw hired Dick Vermeil to be the head coach and president of football operations and walked away, stepped back, and Vermeil hired the right people, built a Super Bowl champion. There's one guy that Michael Bidwill should be going after and paying a bunch of money to to oversee the organization, hire his own people, and get them to win. That guy is Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Jim Harbaugh in Arizona with control, where he can hire the general manager, because I guess they hired a general manager, which is uh, unfortunate they did, for them. Yeah. yeah. But still, he's the guy. You give him money, you give him control. You, you can have a general manager and still have your coach have control, right? And he's a guy that. He won with Alex Smith. He won with Colin Kaepernick in the Mm -hmm. NFL. He can coach many different styles. But they need a guy there where the owner steps back and says, I'm ceding control to this person. And the only guy I can think of right now that has that sort of resume that would be capable of doing that is Jim Harbaugh. That is not a bad name and not a bad choice. Um, I mean, because when you're looking at the list of of, you got the Bengals coordinator, Lou Anarumo. Anarumo, who is, who is, I guess, interviewing or has interviewed. You got a few guys, a few names, but there aren't really any head coaches that have been head coaches that are jumping at the opportunity to go to that to that franchise. And as I said, when you look at the way they handled their business with their last two head coaches, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like a place where you would be willing to to go and do that right away. I look at what happened with Steve Wilkes. You're you're the head coach of the same season that they j- draft Josh Rosen. That's your that's your top ten pick. You realize that he can't play, so you fire him and the coach. Mm-hmm. One of them was wrong. I mean, the, clearly, if you fired the player, the coach couldn't have been that couldn't have been that bad of a coach because he he showed it in in, Cal- mm-hmm. in uh, Carolina this season. I just think that if you're a head coach and you're looking for a a spot. You know, Arizona, if you've been a head coach, Arizona, as Mike Mart said, it's not a play. I wouldn't talk to him. No. I wouldn't be intrigued by that at all. Unless, like I said, you're – and by the way, you'd have to dwarf the Gruden 10-year, $100 million contract. Yeah. You're going to have to go 10, 125, for, 10, 10, 150 for, Harbaugh? for a guy like Harbaugh, nah. right? You're going to have to lock him yeah. in. So it, it might put you by an eight ball. The other one, obviously, is Indianapolis, and it appears huh. as if, according to reports – that Jim Ursay is still on the Jeff Saturday bandwagon. The people in the organization want somebody else, which would be really troubling unless you're Jeff Saturday. But if you're anybody else and you know the owner is pining for Jeff Saturday, again, why would you take the job? There is a – I mean, Jeff Saturday came in. It was a – it was a – 
you, most of us were blown away by the hiring of him in the first place. We didn't – he was not on our bingo card for head coaches for a 2022 season midway through. Um, I don't think he did a great job. I, and maybe you can say he was put in a bad situation. He didn't have an opportunity. Their quarterback situation was atrocious with Matt Ryan and trying to figure out how that was going to work. It didn't work at all. But I don't know if he's the guy that can get them going in the right direction. I don't know if he isn't. I look at a few other people that they have interviewed, and one name that every single year comes up is Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. And I, for the life of me, I haven't really understood or figured out why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job. He's going to the Super Bowl for the third time in in four or five years as well. Played, uh, uh, coached in five AFC Championship games as well as he's, you know, Patrick Mahomes showing him the ropes and how to lead offenses and they still continue to put up points and, and put up yards. And for whatever reason, he has not been chosen as a leader of a franchise. And I can't figure that out. Kerry, I think there's two reasons. Number one, he's a black guy. Okay. Number two, I think he's almost victimized by Patrick Mahomes. You remember when um, Marvin Lewis left Baltimore? He had to go to Washington to be their defensive coordinator and make them great without Ray Lewis and without Ed Reed before he got his chance as a head coach. I think Biennemi needs to go somewhere like Tennessee and succeed as their offensive coordinator because people don't trust him because he's succeeding with Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. and people think that Reed is calling all the plays and he's got all these guys. And they wonder, is it him or is it the guys? I think he needs to go somewhere else and well, succeed. And well, it's not fair, but I think that's a perception. Because Nathaniel Hackett got a chance, and he was not calling plays <laughs> no, at all he in Green Bay. Right, right. So here, I think we are really understanding that Eric Bieniemy has been calling plays, at least for the last two or three yeah. years. I think maybe his first or, couple, first, or two, first or second year of Patrick Mahomes' career, Andy Reid may have had a heavier mm-hmm. influence on it. But... I think it's it's pretty well known now that Eric is calling those plays. If he wasn't calling the plays, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be yelling at him. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He'd be yelling at the other guy. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> right. There you go. So I'm with you. Uh, I think that he'd be a great choice. Biennemi would for Indianapolis, but the owner always wins, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, they do. They, I mean, it, it's, it's their franchise. It's they the get golden to, rule. They, he, he who has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. It's pretty simple. That's <laughs> CD. I'm Randy Carricker. Coming up, Joe Fortenbaugh of Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio is also the host of the Daily Wager on ESPN2. We're going to talk to him about gambling on the Super Bowl next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and this is 101 ESPN, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and Joe Fortenbaugh of ESPN, ESPN Radio. You hear him every night from 6 to 8 here on 101 ESPN. He joins us now. He's also the host of The Daily Wager on 101 ESPN. Joe, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing very well this morning, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, Joe, I had a question. We were watching the obviously watching the Eagles and the 49ers game over the weekend, and when an injury like the one that happens to Brock Purdy happens, how does that impact Vegas? Do they just kind of go crazy because the odds are changed and, and now you have you know a guy injured and, and the game is going to go out of whack from that point on? So that's an excellent question because every situation is a little bit different. If we go back to what happened with the Purdy injury, he gets drilled, 
He comes out of the game. He's sitting on the sidelines, and you see some medical people talking to him, but based on the broadcast and everything that was happening, there was no indication at that moment that he was going to be out for the game or even for the next series. So in terms of the live odds that are being updated, any changes that would have occurred in that exact moment would have been based on the fact that there was a fumble and the Eagles were getting the ball back in midfield, possibly going down to score again. Then we see Purdy on the sidelines talking to the doctor, and at that point when Josh Johnson comes into the game, the algorithm has to decide, and the bookmakers have to decide, what's the difference between Purdy and Johnson? What's the drop in points? You know, anytime you move from Aaron Rodgers to his backup, it's significant. Sometimes it's not as much. So this would have meant something, but again, we thought it was a wrist injury, and then when you find out it's an elbow injury, and he's likely done for the game because he can't throw, it would drop more. So in a long-winded way, it's a case-by-case basis. There it probably wasn't as dramatic at first because it didn't look like he was out for the game. But then as more information came out, the adjustments were made. Joe Fortenbaugh, along those lines, do you believe that the line of the Super Bowl will be affected as we go through the next 10 days and learn more about the ankle of Patrick Mahomes? Yes, but not just Mahomes. Look at the receivers. Look at the players on defense that got dinged up. Kansas City's dealing with a lot of injuries in this game, a lot. Now, some of them could end up being serious and limiting guys and keeping them out. You know, Miko Hardman re-aggravated that pelvis injury. Who knows what that means? Juju Smith-Schuster had been dealing with a knee injury. He was a complete non-factor in that game. So I do believe there's going to be movement. And a lot of times we don't see a whole lot. When it comes to the side, the Sharps and the professionals, they get in there early. That line gets released Sunday after the final championship game. Those guys pummel it, and then it generally doesn't move a whole lot between then and kickoff unless something changes. If it's an outdoor game and weather is a concern or a major injury or some wacko suspension, something like that. But this one's different because of all the injuries to Kansas City. So we saw it open pick. It went as high as Philadelphia minus two, minus two and a half. It settled at Philadelphia one and a half right now. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling we're going to see more Kansas City money as we get closer to kickoff. Are you ever amazed? Because you've been doing this for a long time and, and you watch it every day, you know what's going on. Are you ever amazed still at how good Vegas is? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, these guys, I've had the pleasure of getting to know these guys. And when you see how they operate, there are a few characteristics a lot of them embody. One of them is that they are so good at taking emotion out of the equation. There are a few guys I know out here that just, they, they, They should be the type of guys that are doing radio and TV because they know so much about sports, but they're very monotone, all right? Whether they're angry, whether they're happy, it never changes. And you can't have that in the media, right? We all need to be screaming and yelling. We all need to be getting excited and riled up about stuff. They are very even keel. So it takes a very patient and calm mind to do this, but these guys know their numbers. They have great teams out here. Some guys specialize in college football and pro football. Some guys specialize in mixed martial arts. Some specialize in golf. That's the sport that's on the rise. I think if you're still looking to find an edge to where you might be able to beat the books, golf is going to be a sport that benefits from the legalization of sports betting. Hey, Joe, the Eagles are minus one and a half uh, in this game. Tell me why they are going to cover and why they're going to win. Well, if they're going to cover and win, it's going to be based on a couple things. Number one, that defense that has played so well all season long, 
coupled with the best cornerback tandem in the league in Darius Slay and James Bradbury, they're going to be able to limit Mahomes from taking deep shots down the field. If Mahomes doesn't have a lot of time, he's got to unload the ball rather quickly. If he's unloading it quickly, it's probably stuff that's over the middle and some checkdowns. And, and Kansas City can win with that. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, that offense is very explosive, lots of firepower. And if you take that away from them, then you're going to lean more on the running game, which is where Philadelphia can be vulnerable, and you're going to lean on the defense, where Kansas City's been good but not great. And you might need a great defensive effort to get assholes. If the Eagles are able to run the ball in this game, if they are able to play with a lead, that puts Jalen Hurts in a very dangerous situation in terms of trying to defend him because that's when he's at his best. But I think the most underrated and underreported story from this past weekend is the fact that Hurts stunk in that game against the Niners. Yes, it's the Niners. It's the best defense in the NFL. But I'll tell you what, Hurts looked shook. He felt the pressure. He didn't want to throw the ball over the middle. He was just chucking it down the sidelines, just like he did in that game against the Bears when he got hurt, and just like he did in college when he used to get nervous and he'd either check down or throw it away. That was a very different Jalen Hurts against the Niners, and if he gets rattled in this game, that's going to be the key for Kansas City because Hurts has shown he can always get it done with his legs, but the arm depends on his confidence and his team playing with the lead. Hey, Joe, the the over-under is uh, 50 points, and I'm looking at exactly what you said. The Eagles were able to score four touchdowns and didn't have a great day from Jalen Hurts. I'm thinking that's going to be over because I think A.J. Brown is going to have the big breakout game. He was frustrated a couple of weeks ago. They didn't get it going this week. I think this is a week where Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown link up and they have a big game, and I think that over is, is over 50. Do you think so? So it opens around 51, and then the early money comes in on the under, which is kind of surprising because the public loves to bet overs, and the public absolutely has an influence on the point spread and the total in this game because there's so much public money. So generally, the wise guys, if they like the under, they can wait because public money closer to kickoff is going to be on the over. The fact that they jumped in right away to play the under – That was interesting to me. Very interesting. So it goes down to 49, 49 and a half. It's back up to 50 now. Uh, To your point on Hurts and A.J. Brown, Kansas City's had a lot of trouble defending opposing number one wide receivers this season. Football Outsiders ranks them 31st in that category. A lot of guys have torn them up. But they did a good job against Jamar Chase last week. And I'm wondering if they can do the same thing against A.J. Brown this week. I don't have a very strong position on it, but I do shockingly lean to the under a little bit in this game. I think Philadelphia is going to lean on the running game. They're going to be able to grind some clock with that. They were number three in rushing attempts this season. They were number eight in time of possession. You grind it down. You keep Mahomes on the sideline. You keep your defense rested. Conversely, I don't think Kansas City is going to want to sprint up and down the field because all you're going to do is send your defense right back on the field to face one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. So I think these teams are going to be a little bit more measured on offense. I think they're both going to lean on their running games a little bit more than some expect. First half under is a play I like. The question is whether or not either team opens it up in the second half. That could happen, but I do find myself leaning to the under. As to A.J. Brown, I could see him having a big day in this one. So so any overs on Brown would be something I'd be looking at. I think he's plus 115 to score an anytime touchdown. I do like that bet. You hear Joe Fortenbaugh with Amber Wilson. Most nights at 6 when we don't have a game here on 101 ESPN from 6 to 8. Hey, Joe, I want to circle back to your, your golf comment and with the prolifera- proliferation of gambling and legalized gambling. Why is it? Can you elaborate a little bit on why golf is going to be the sport that will benefit so much? 
So they're not going to run from it like other sports. Um, it's, it's not that the other sports hate gambling. They love it because it drives up interest. But when it comes to truly embracing gambling, making it a part of your coverage, working to get good odds out there, you know, being gambling friendly and having media outlets cover it a little bit more aggressively, golf, everyone who golfs gambles. Like, that's the thing with this. You, how many people go out and golf and don't put a couple bucks on, on a closest to the pin on a par three or something like that, right? Like, the two go hand in hand. It's the same thing as boxing. It's the same thing as MMA. Like, it goes hand in hand. A lot of guys like to golf. Golf has a lot of young, popular talent. We already have four big majors every year. Plus, you add in TPC, Sawgrass is a huge event. And you can sit there and you can take your time betting it, right? Like, I would love the ability that as golf grows in popularity, we're not just betting guys to win because the public loves that too. Bet a little to win a lot. Hint, Seamus Power this week at the Pro-Am, he's 22-1. to 1. That's a bet I like for Pebble Beach this weekend. But that's neither here nor there. Bet a little to win a lot. You can do head-to-head matchups where you're following two golfers over the course of four rounds or just one. Or, and I think this is going to be the next step, being able when you watch the Masters to bet on what shot's going to happen next. Tiger Woods is 200 yards from the green. He's holding, I don't know, seven iron. Can I bet that he hits the green? And it takes enough time in between shots that you can get organized, post odds, and make bets. And I think that would be a lot of fun on Sunday with the leaders coming down the back nine, being able to bet on what happens with each shot and each hole. Hey, Joe, why is the, the, the Super Bowl one of the biggest sporting events to place bets on? You, got, you spoke about golf. You had World Cup earlier this year. Um, you got the Super Bowl and March Madness every year. Why is the Super Bowl one of those events that just draws so much attention each year as far as bettors go? Number one, it's the most popular sport in this country, so obviously it's going to draw a lot of attention from that regard. Number two, so many people treat it like a holiday, which it should be in this country. (laughs) If it's that big of an event, I mean, think about how many people go to Super Bowl parties. Think about how many people, like my wife is a casual NFL fan. She knows what's going on because she hears me running my mouth 24-7, 365, but she'll engage for the Super Bowl, like a lot of people will, because you're going to go to a party, and then all of a sudden you have Super Bowl squares, and you can draw names out of a hat for first touchdown, and everyone wants to play a little parlay, or you want to bet a defensive player for MVP at 35-1, to Hassan Reddick from the Eagles. I think that's a half-decent wager. Those things are out there. It's just It makes the event more fun because it's a huge event. It's probably the same reason when people go to concerts, they like to, shall we say, alter their state of mind. <laughs> You're just adding a, a little flavor to the event, right? Absolutely. Joe Fortbaugh, we love listening to you here on 101 ESPN and on the ESPN Radio Network, and we loved having you on this morning. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity to join you guys. I really appreciate it. Good luck with all the bets going into the Super Bowl. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Joe Fortenbaugh, Joe and Amber here on 101 ESPN, and of course the host of the Daily Wager. And yeah, the prop bets, there, there is nothing like betting on the Super Bowl. It is. Uh, I mean, just the fantasy football is obviously one of the best things in the world. We play. You, we're in multiple fantasy leagues. Um, betting on football and, and those prop bets at any time, touchdowns, those are the things that it, it keeps you engaged in the games and and if you you may not be rooting for a team in particular I don't root for teams because of fantasy football I root for my fantasy me too. team I root for, team. Me. <laughs> root for me <laughs> I don't care about what anybody else is doing <laughs> yeah you scored that touchdown yeah. like good good for you yeah. I, so but it keeps fans engaged in the sport and you know the the Super Bowl is going to do that obviously it does it every single year a lot of people are are tuned in to see 
you know, who's going to score, how many points are going to be, how many points are going to be scored, and uh, all those factors weighing into how you can win or lose money. Kerry and Randy on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Tom Brady announced his retirement today. Kerry and I are old enough to remember when there was an NFL without Tom Brady. My daughter and your daughter. My my daughter's 25. Your daughter has never lived a day where Tom Brady wasn't playing in the nope. NFL. So <laughs> for those of you that, well, don't remember a day without Tom Brady, what's your strongest Tom Brady football memory? And if tell us about how, how it's going to be next year if you don't remember football without Tom Brady. It's kind of like Cardinal fans with Yadier Molina, right? What's it, is it good, how weird is it going to be for you to see a football season unfold without Tom Brady? That's next to the text number 314-399-9646 on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We're here till 11, and then BK and Ferrario will take over. Talking a little Tom Brady. He announced his retirement officially this morning, 23 years in the National Football League. And Kerry, I got to tell you that for 20 years, I hated Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Hated him. And yep. especially because he cheated to beat the Rams in Super Bowl 36. That did not go over very well with me. Never has. Yeah. But that being said... I thought that he became a very likable figure when he got to Tampa, when he got away from Belichick and was allowed to become himself. Mm-hmm. And I think winning that Super Bowl, it was the COVID Super Bowl, but it was a Super Bowl nonetheless, in his first year with Tampa Bay, made him more likable for me. So my favorite Tom Brady moment of the 23 years was, and it wasn't great for the Chiefs, obviously, but it, it was seeing him win that Super Bowl, his seventh, and keeping New England at six. Uh, was the Flate Gate, was that when he uh, broke his phone and smashed it into pieces? That was. Uh, that's yeah. my favorite memory. Yeah. The, I mean, the, Smart. The, the the intelligence, the where, the understanding to not, don't delete the messages, don't throw the phone away. You break that thing and they mm-hmm. can't find they can't out find anything. Anything. And to, oh, you know what? I accidentally ran over it with my car. Ran it over. I don't know. I haven't seen that phone in years. I do that with them all. With all my phones. I do that with all of them, just to make sure no one can hack into them. And and so, just yep. the intelligence. I mean, if you're gonna cheat, and you're intentionally trying to get over, mm-hmm. and you have the understanding to not get caught when you're cheating. Eh, I mean, I guess that's a good thing for 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 Tom Brady. It's a it's an interesting take on how to go about his day. But hey, what is what it is. Now, I think I agree with you though. I think that when he left the Patriots, you got to see a different side of them of him. Um, the Patriots seem like a a machine that you know don't allow you. I had a teammate actually that I I was t- speaking to last week that went to the Patriots at one point, and he said, "Man, it was weird." He said, "The the the." The, it was just a. It was just like a a, a factory. Of There's people. no individualism, there, is there? No. It, it was just. It was so strange. And for him to go from you know where we were to to that to that place, it was it was something that he had never experienced before, and it was uncomfortable for him. He's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to play there for multiple years, and I don't know how those guys did it. They win championships, and that's what kept people in the building. Is the the need and the 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 winning keeps you there, but. The individualism, you being yourself, not happening, ever. 
texts on the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. As an Eagles fan, my favorite Brady memory was when he dropped the first down pass in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. That was was memorable. And that was, hey, I loved that. I I loved when Philadelphia beat him and beat them. By the way, he had a a penalty that should have been called against the Rams in Super Bowl 36. He should have been called for... Um, an intentional grounding, and he and he wasn't. So mm-hmm. shouldn't have won that one. Either. <laughs> Who is the offensive coordinator of the high-powered Chiefs offense when they scored nine points in the Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage? No one ever brings that up. I think that was uh, that that was Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. And you will note that after that game, and the Chiefs' offensive line in that game was absolutely ravaged. Both tackles had been hurt. Right, and uh, they, I think they only had one of their starters, and he wasn't very good. And that's one of the reasons that, or the reason that Kansas City brought in five new offensive linemen for the following season, because didn't matter what you called, didn't, didn't matter what the play call he, was, he didn't have a chance. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you did not have a chance. That's uh, the the old line is. Uh, the Jimmys and the Joes, right? The Jimmys oh, and the yeah. Joes weren't available. It's not about the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes. And that it didn't matter what you dialed up. It's it's interesting. People never know about the line. They don't know their names. They don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. They're nameless faces. Uh, but until they start missing blocks and people start getting mm-hmm. sacked, then they start knowing what the heck is going on up front. They kind of mm-hmm. miss those big fellas when they're not yeah, playing well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite moment is realizing that Eli Manning is Brady's kryptonite. He can't be a suburban dad on the biggest stage. <laughs> and I will argue, and I know we've got a Patriot fan or two listening, but I will argue till the day I die, Kerry, that the New York Giants saved America. And it was led <laughs> by Eli Manning. And David Tyree and Plexico Burris. Uh, I kind of like Plexico, even though he did the thing he did and wound up in jail, served his time. He did it to himself. Can you imagine the insufferability mm. of the city of Boston if they had gone 19-0 and and they had that forever? That would that would be hard. You would be hard-pressed to find a, a place that would be probably, maybe more annoying if, if that mm-hmm. had taken place during that time. I, I, one thing that I, I, a couple of texters texted in about Brady after they won the Super Bowl in Tampa, him being himself kind of stammering and stumbling all over the place, drunk, had a few men, mm-hmm. men, yeah. man beers. Oh, yeah. Man threw beers. the Lombardi, right, to camera break. To, that, and that was, to me, that, <laughs> listen, for you to throw a Lombardi trophy tells me that you've won a few in your day and you're not really, you don't really care <laughs> much about this when you do, but it's not as important as most of us think that only have one yep. when you got seven you just toss it over there yeah. and and see if it see if my teammate catches it hopefully he does and i think that we need to add some perspective here you played with peyton manning you played with big ben who was your quarterback well you played with michael Mike Vick. Uh, playing for 23 years in the nfl because you lived it i got a chance to see a lot of monday mornings and, and i saw some i saw some gruesome stuff mm-hmm. especially with kurt warner Playing for 23 years in the NFL at any position is unimaginable. The the day in and day out of it is the is the hard part. I like I said I told I told you earlier I saw a teammate who I saw the light go out. We were in the say understand this. We were in the hot tub. It was mm-hmm. a it's a big hot tub. It's yeah, not just yeah, yeah. two people. Sure, but we were in the yeah, hot tub and it. it was before practice. And he looked at me and he said, "Yeah, I, I can't do this no more." And and this is in OTAs, training camp. It was OTAs. It wasn't even training camp. He just looked at me and said, I can't do this anymore. He's a 12-year, 13-year vet. 
and I never saw him again, Randy. That was the last time I saw him. He went and told the coach, he said, it takes me too long to get my body right, and it takes me too long to to, to get going in practice. I can't do this. I can't play a game. I can't even practice. And I never saw him again. And so to be able to – that was 12 years in. I only played six. To be able to do that for 20-plus years every single day – the mindset, the, the the preparation physically and mentally to be able to do that is amazing. I'm glad you brought up the mindset and the physical and mental because when John Elway retired, he said, I think I can still do this physically, but I just can't handle the mental preparation yeah. for a football game anymore. It, it, it's a lot mentally to prepare yourself day in and day out for it's a grind. I mean, a lot of people, when I play, people are, oh, you got to go to practice. I got to go to work. I go to work at 7 a.m. and I don't leave some days until 5, 6 p.m. And during that that time frame, yeah, we do practice. We do practice on football, but a lot of that is meetings, understanding what the opponent is going to try to do, what we need to do to be successful. And it is an everyday thing. And it's it's not I will never complain about you know, the life of an NFL player or a professional athlete. It's a it's a beautiful life. But there is a lot of sacrifice that comes with being able to sustain success in that league. And he sacrificed, he sacrificed his whole family yeah, yeah, to, right. to play one more year of did they were they five hundred? They did make it to five hundred eventually. Yeah. No, just seven, over. Seven, I think nine, thought, I thought they went eight uh, nine and eight. Just over so, yeah. 500 yeah. football. He sacrificed his family to play right. one more year. So it, it it's a it's a lot on you to be able to be able to be successful in this league. Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Oh, they, yeah. He yeah. sacrificed that yeah. for yeah. eight and nine. <laughs> eight By the way, uh, one dead <gasps> solid lock, FanDuel Sportsbook guarantee. If I would have ever had the athletic ability and the inclination and the ability to make an NFL roster, Kerry, I would have slept in meetings. You think so? Yeah, I, I could. 100%? I just don't have it in Lights me. go out. Yeah, let's out. go out and I'm out. <laughs> I had teammates like that too. <laughs> hey, don't move. <laughs> I'm sitting between him and the coach. Do not move. <laughs> that light goes out, I go out. <laughs> Wake me if he calls me. Let's <laughs> carry on, Randy. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got a cool thing coming up. We're going to have a bracket, and we're going to determine the best sports family of all time. And we're going to preview the bracket for you. As a matter of fact, if you go to Matthew Rocchio or my Twitter pages, and we'll have 101 ESPN's Twitter page retweet this as well. We need votes because we've got one bracket already started. It's the Spinks Brothers against Chandler and John and Arthur Jones. You can go to my Twitter page, at Randy Carricker and vote right there for the play-in between the Spinks and the Jones. But we'll give you a little bit of the bracket, a little flavor of what's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and this is 101 ESPN. If you go to Twitter and you just go to my Twitter page, at Randy Carricker, or, Kerry, have you retweeted this yet? Yes, I have. At Kerry Davis 38 yep. on the Twitter machine. Uh, you can check out our bracket for the greatest sports family of all time. And we're starting today with a play-in. And I'm so glad that you thought of this yesterday, Kerry, as we were putting the bracket together. Uh, towards the end, you said, what about Chandler and John and Arthur Jones? Chandler Jones is one of the best, maybe most underrated mm-hmm. defensive ends in recent NFL history. 
His brother, John Jones, is one of the best UFC guys ever, right? Yep, he is. And then Arthur Jones is one of the great boxers. And they go against the Spinks brothers from St. Louis, Leon and Michael. Both won gold medals, both heavyweight champions of the world. Leon uh, obviously beat Muhammad Ali. Michael was the light heavyweight champion of the world for many years. So that's our battle today, the Spinks brothers against the Jones brothers. And you can vote on our Twitter poll and we'll reveal the winner of our play-in tomorrow. And then tomorrow we'll probably have a total of eight matches and we just want to take you through some of our most intriguing matchups in this bracket cd does anything stand out for you as you look at it there's one glaring flashing red light for For, me for me i I think there are two one in the football bracket is going to be the longs versus the matthews Mm -hmm. i think that is a a a tough a tough one. The Longs are, are a six seed and the Matthews are a three seed. And then when you go up to the hockey side, you got the Howes and the Gretzkys. Another 3-6 matchup that... Uh, because they, sh- they shouldn't be in the first round together. They shouldn't. I don't know how they got matched up Rocky versus... Up. A, well, I guess we do know how. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is a a tough matchup uh, to come out of. What, what one were you thinking of? I was looking at Howe and Gretzky. Okay. I, I think that that's really a, a difficult... Uh, first-round matchup. But the other one, I, and it's a, a 3-6, so anybody can come out of it, but we've got Muhammad and Layla Ali against the Berries. So you had Rick, you had yeah. John, you had uh, Brent. Brett, yep. Brent Berry. First of all, I think the Berries are really underrated, but basically I think it's Muhammad Ali against an entire family that was pretty successful. I I agree, but I then you have to weigh out, is, is Muhammad Ali Ali's greatness greater than, you know, that entire it's family. A, it's going to be a tough vote. I, I, I mean, I think so. And then you got this is an intriguing one because of the the position that I just saw. The four five matchup in the football bracket is another one. The Sharps and the Kelseys. Like that oh, yeah, is a yeah. because I think had had Sterling Sharp not gotten hurt, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Shannon is a Hall of Famer. But then you got the Kelseys. Travis is going to be a Hall of Famer, and Jason more than likely will be as well at some point. Um, so that is a a tough matchup between those two it boils down to i guess is is i shannon sharp and, and travis they're the same position which one are you taking you're probably taking travis i probably am and then if you got jason versus sterling i'm probably taking sterling but probably two more hall of famers though yeah probably i mean it, it's that was a that one is a tough one yep so and now, I'm interested to see how, how the fans vote on these. Hopefully we'll have Chris Long on the show tomorrow. Chris, Howie, and Kyle against the Matthews. But the other thing, I know Chris is a huge fan of the Bosa brothers. Uh-huh. But the Bosa brothers are a number eight seed going against Eli and Peyton. They got. A, they got. They don't have a shot. No. Not, not, I mean. <laughs> not if people are serious here. <laughs> no. I got right. a question. Yeah. Right. Because I don't have the bracket in front of me. What seed are the nope. Sutter brothers? The Sutters are a seven seed. Wow. They're going against Phil and Tony Esposito. I'm surprised by that because isn't there six of them there that are, play in the are. NHL? They've got there quantity, are. yeah, but they don't have any Hall of Fame players. They, they, not not the quality of, of some of the other, and that was one of the the reasons why they became a uh, a seven seed was because there were Hall of Famers mm-hmm. on the entire list prior to them, yeah, uh, above them as far as at least one or two players in those families that made it to the Hall of Fame. And I know you're interested in this because it's St. Louis. You've got Yachty and Benji and Jose Molina against Vladimir Guerrero and Vlad Jr. Well, we, we were in St. Louis, so I think that one's going to... 
that one's gonna go it, in in Yachty and 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 it will favor. because we're in St. Louis. Yeah. I don't know if it would many other places. I don't know either. <laughs> Those are two very very good players in the Guerrero family. And here's how difficult this was. We don't have Fernando Tatis and Fernando Tatis Jr. in the bracket. We do not. Because Fernando Tatis, we had him here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Good player, but not great. And Fernando Tatis Jr. just has not accomplished enough yet. So we've got a bracket of 33 families, but we are not able to put that pair, that father-son pair on there. I do have an issue with one one. One that Rock made, one pairing that he made, the two seven in the in the basketball. It's unfortunate. It's un, it, it, that was just wrong, man. You got you got the Currys versus the Thompsons. You got Dale and and Seth and Steph versus Michael and Clay Thompson. They're, they're teammates. Yeah, that seems that seems wrong in, in so many it ways. Really does. That didn't seem like the right choice. I don't know who else you put in that in that section, but I, I, you know, I don't know who else could be a seven if. if if you could move the Thompsons to a six or an eight, I don't know, but I, I don't like that. It and by just the way, feels wrong. We do need to tell you the number one seeds, the Mannings in football against the Boses, the Bonds, Barry and Bobby in baseball against the Aloos, the number one hockey seed, the Hulls against the T- Kachucks. That one will be extraordinarily difficult. And then I would argue probably the number one overall seeds, right? Yeah. Uh, Serena and Venus against the winner of today's playing match. I agree. I think well, Serena and Venus, they are. I don't know if it's going to be all chalk all the way through. There's going to be some upsets here. Yeah, yeah there's going to be some some interesting. You, you left one off the 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 four or five seed in hockey. You didn't you didn't mention that one, Randy. Uh, that's the uh, Maurice and uh, Rocket Richard against the Sedine sisters. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be a tough one. Oh, we did. We left one off. We Cowboy Bob Orton and Randy Orton. Oh yeah, Randy went to high school with me and grade school. So, did you ever wrestle him? No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't wrestle. I, I played basketball and played football. Oh wrestling. yeah, you were. I didn't want to do all that wrestling. So you can check this out on Twitter, and we've got the play in today, and we'll really get things rolling with with day one tomorrow. And of course, you can see it on. CBS Sports and TNT and TBS and Court TV. All of these matchups are, are going to be there as we get the bracket started. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. We're going to head down the stretch towards BK and Ferrario with What's on Tap next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Texture is upset that the Molinas aren't more highly regarded in our seedings, but CD, I'm I'm okay with them being a five seed. I know that there's going to be an inherent bias because we're in St. Louis, but were Yachty and Benji and Jose Molina, were they better than Bobby and Barry Bonds? I would suggest no. No. Uh, were they better than uh, the number two seed, Ken and Ken Griffey Jr.? Uh, no. I don't think so. Uh, the number three seed in that region is Joe DiMaggio mm-hmm. and his brothers. Dom was one of me. There were three DiMaggio brothers. Dom but, was a six-time All-Star. Yeah. That, Six or seven Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the number four seed is Vladimir Guerrero, who's already in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and one of the great right-handed hitters ever. And his son, Vlad Jr., has already won an MVP. Yeah. I think we. I think our seeding, for the most part, was, was pretty spot on. It just, it unfortunately, you got some matchups that are, but that's how the bracket goes, right? You're going to have matchups that are, are tough for for people to vote on and try to figure out who's going to come out of that out of that uh, matchup. 
Okay, there's a website called The Comeback that uh, is claiming that perhaps LeBron James was didn't have as much of an argument in that game against Boston the other night as he should have had. And LeBron obviously was livid and talked about how his frustration has been building. And the question is, are the Lakers getting burned more often than other teams? And Ben Rohrbach of Yahoo decided to investigate LeBron's claims by digging into every last two-minute report issued this season. The last two-minute report is a review of officiating in the last two minutes of games. And the findings show that LeBron is wrong, that the Lakers aren't the most aggrieved team Mm. in the NBA. According to the report, the Lakers have been involved in 34 incorrect calls, non-calls in the last two minutes. 21 of them have gone in their favor. Wow. That's more than uh, 28 other teams. Indeed, only the Mavericks have had more total incorrect whistles go their way with 23. Hmm. What does that say? A Laker bias, huh? When you feel like you're being uh, mistreated and you're actually being treated very well. Not not going in your not going the wrong way for you. I, I told you, Randy, that that fallout for me was it, it was similar to to when my son was three and he <laughs> couldn't get an extra ice cream that he just had a full thing of. I, I don't know. I, there is nothing. That, <laughs> there are so many things that I could compare it to. And the only thing I wanted to tell LeBron James was, man, get up. <laughs> Go to the bench. Yeah. Don't you wish that every league, by the way, would have an unbiased report on their officials at the end of games, like this two-minute report that the NBA does? I think I think you should be able to see uh, what was right, what was wrong. I mean, because for if there are a hundred calls, and I don't know if that's if there are that many, but let's say fifty calls in a game, whether it's NBA, NFL, for the most part, you're gonna see. 45 of those calls be correct, which is a great percentage. Yep. And maybe, you know, three to four calls where you're looking at and say, ah, that was wrong. And then, or that could have been gone the other way. And then maybe one or two where you say that was flat out wrong. And so I think the, the referees do an outstanding job for the most part at every level. It's not easy in real time to make a split second decision. You may see it one way, the viewpoint from the referee, where they are on the court, where they are on the field, it may look different to them in that moment. And you, as a player and as a coach, you have to understand, I tell my players all the time, I'm going to make some bad calls. You're going to make some bad plays. The referees are going to make some bad Mm -hmm. calls as well. You have to get over it and play through it. In that instance, LeBron James should have gotten a tech. If that, if you're going by the the letter of the law, when the player throws his arms up or waves a referee off or shows them up, there was no bigger show up than that moment right there. But they didn't give him a tech. They gave it to Patrick Beverly for coming on the court later on. Referees do a good job, as good of a job as they can do, and you know you got to give them a break sometimes. When you're a great player, you get the calls. Yes. Right. When you're LeBron. Michael got the calls, too. The great players get the calls. But when there is one that goes against you or two that go against you, it's it's really a bad look more than anything else when you act up and act like 100% of the calls should go my way. At least to me, that that's a bad look for him. It was a, it, it, for me, is the reason why people don't consider him the greatest player of all time. It's not because of what he does on the court. Because what he does on the court is he's top five all time in assists in the game to ever play. He's going to be number one in points to, in the game that have ever played it. It's not about what he does in the basketball world, his his ability to play basketball, it's that. 
it's falling on the ground like a child where people say, there is no way in hell I'm going to call you the greatest player mm-hmm. of all time. Because you know what? The greatest player, Kobe, if he gets that foul, he's going to give a death stare to the referee. Yes. He's going to be looking through him. And for the next five minutes, he's going to go for 12 points. And every time he's going to look at the referee and say, you could have prevented this. This is your fault. This assault on this young man on the basketball court is solely your fault. It's not anybody else's. It's on you. And that's the difference between when you're looking at the greatest players of all time versus not. It's mm-hmm. that mindset. It's it's the the ability to go through and get over things that may not be going your way and push through and have the fortitude to win the game. And Randy, if if, if I'm not mistaken, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, he 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 got fouled on the layup, right? Uh yeah. They, mm-hmm. And they didn't call it, and so that tied that left the game tied, which means they went into an overtime period. Overtime. Which was five minutes of more basketball. Mm-hmm. You're the greatest player. You go win in a game, don't you? You do. Okay. You, well. you dominate. All right. That's all I got to say. That's all Jason I Jason Tatum did. There you go. Man, <laughs> greatest player on the court did it. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you one more thing because today is the second uh, National Signing Day for football. Yep. And when you were playing, this was Signing Day. Yep. We've got one in December now, but you only did it in February then. What are your recollections of the day that you signed with the Fighting Illini? Oh, man. I I remember having on my Illinois pullover sweatshirt, uh, my Illinois hat. I had some orange and blue Nike Air Max 90-something. And I was, you know, just excited to be able to Signed my letter of intent to be able to say that I'm going to go play at the University of Illinois. Uh, I had obviously had big dreams at that point that I was going to make it to the NFL. I had no clue what amount of work was ahead of me and and how hard it would be. But I I knew that if I did the work, I would be able to be successful. So so for me, that was the, the... the thought process that I had. And then I was able to do it with a couple of my teammates. Carl Reed signed to mm-hmm. Austin P. Um, my, my cousin Sterling, fin- Sterling Finney signed to Missouri Western. Devlin Holmes signed to Mizzou. We all were there. Uh, Ryan Neidhart signed to Northwest Missouri State. It, it, was a, it was a thing where we were all there signing our national letter of intent. We all had our hats on for our respective programs. And it was a, it was a great time. And what makes it particularly great is that you guys had won so much in yep. high school, right? Yep. And I guarantee when you guys get together as a group now, you're still telling – you can tell high school story days, but to have that level of success from a team and have all those guys go to school yeah. and then have an opportunity to get their education and play ball, there's probably nothing like it's it. It's nothing better than that. Then just to be able to win and, and be able to be rewarded for your your play on the field is exciting. And, and today is exciting for me still because I got four players that are signing uh, today to go to school. And, and so it's it's fun for me to be able to see it from the other side. You know, being as a player, uh, being being the player side of it, going through it myself. But to watch these young men be able to go through it as well is fun for me also. And by the way, also a heartening story for a, a really sad thing that occurred. A quarterback by the name of Jalen Rashad had a $13 million NIL deal with Florida, and it fell apart. The yeah. company that he was uh, working with uh, decided not to go with the $13 million for the four-star quarterback, Jalen Rashada. But he did find a home. He went to Arizona State, and I guess he's getting several million dollars, just not $13 million eh, from Florida. Not, not, not bad. Is that supposed to be illegal to recruit guys with a certain amount of money? 
Uh, Randy, it's the wild, wild west now. It, it, Randy, I, I, it used to be, you know, they, they these things, as I, I've been told, I've never witnessed it in my life, but I've been told that these things were taking place. You've seen the stories, the SMU getting the death penalty. People were getting paid for, have been getting paid for a long time, and now it's it's legal. And so, you know, you said it earlier, the man with the gold makes the rule. Yeah. That's the golden rule. The teams with the money are the teams that are going to continue to get the best best players in the country. And because of what you said, it's been happening all along. My opinion, I think Reggie Bush should get his Heisman Trophy back. No question. And I look at a guy, and I know Cam Newton and his family were cleared, but we knew that kind of stuff was happening yep. all the time, yep. and it just became a big deal. So the NCAA should just go to Cam Newton and say, you know, you know what, we're sorry. We scratched it off your record. Never yeah. happened. Yeah. And Reggie Bush, here you go. Congrats. Right. Yeah. On Take, being the best player in the world at that time. Yeah. He was. In college football, for sure. Yeah. Boy, his uh, rabbit hole today for you kids on YouTube. <laughs> Reggie Bush High School highlights. Go look at any highlight Reggie Bush, and you will see. I mean, it was it was spectacular to watch him play football. The things he was doing in college were like, oh, my goodness. How is he able to make these cuts and make mm-hmm. these, see these cuts, see, have this vision that he has? It was, it was pretty spectacular. That is Kerry Davis. A great job today by our producer engineer first, Matthew Rocchio, who had to leave us early. And now, Grant Francis, thank you, sir. Thank you, Randy. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.